You read good fucking books. Yeah. How come you don't have like a book club or something? This is why you're significantly more popular than me. Because I'm like, you should have like an alcohol thing. <laughs> a thing that's very popular. And you're like, have you thought about books? <laughs> have you thought about incorporating books into your comedy? You fucking nerds. 100%. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow. How have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, more like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over, and setting up on Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bears. That's mintmobile.com slash bears. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three months plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey guys, brand new episode of Two Bears, One Cave. And Tom, you are looking great, man. How much weight have you lost? I lost a lot more weight. <laughs> I broke all of my bones. And, <laughs> and I am I lost it. I couldn't move. And uh, but I made a full recovery. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> easily probably the one I, the, out of all my friends, Tom is the one that people go. I I don't know if he likes me. Well, Segura has a joke that I don't think is. I I was telling somebody I don't like it, where he <laughs> refuses to watch any of my stand up. He just will. Not, he watched my Mark Twain speech for Dave and was like, "Dude, that okay, shit was." Let's start with the Mark right, Twain okay, thing. Okay. Let's start there. Okay. This is so I'm laying in bed now. I, okay. We're inside baseball right now. Right now, we're in the middle of sober October, and I read an article, and it said uh, it said something to the effect of uh, Joe Rogan's doing his annual sober October, and three comics are doing it with him. And I went, "That's not how that happened." Oh, yeah. oh, they made it seem like it was yeah, Joe's Joe Rogan's idea. idea. Got, got it. And I, and I was like, and by, and by the way, it doesn't. I'm not gonna like respond or anything. But I read it. it you know, it's like it said it's in my newsfeed. Sober October, Joe Rogan. I was like, oh, cool. So I click it. And it just talks about how he likes to do this every year to clean his system out. That's not actually accurate at all. It's not, that's not even, that's not even the, the beginning of the truth of it is the, the truth is, and this, and you can't even, you can't even say this to Joe cause he doesn't remember this. It was, it was called sober October beca wow. because it was about getting me sober. Right. And so, but that's fine. I, none of that bothers me. I enjoy sober October. Sure. What made me outraged. Okay. So I watched the Mark Twain thing mm -hmm. and there were some, pretty good performances mm -hmm. so uh colin jost was was really good yes um a, a couple of them you know go viral you know like well have you seen john stewart talk about dave Chappelle? tiffany haddish mm -hmm. talked about dave Chappelle. i'm fucking uh I'm michael j i don't know what i'm guessing names right now does it make you frustrated that you by far murdered harder than anyone in that lineup, yet yours didn't go viral because mine went viral for me. <laughs> Again, Bert, <laughs> let's think about scale. Uh, it went viral for me in that, like, it's like a 
it, you know, a couple million. It got a, uh, Dude, like it. Yours was the I don't, funniest, and I mean, agree. But at. also, it it helped me on Netflix. It really? drove traffic to three oh, mics. Three mics, yeah, yeah. So yeah, of course, like that went up significantly. Really? Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm with you in terms of sober October. Um, I think that you've got a very legitimate, and I think you should focus on that a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, but I've written it down. But, I hope so. <laughs> but like, it helped three mics, and it helped. I just it was just fun to not to barely get invited, it, and then be the funniest. Yeah, the thing, but yeah. by by far the funniest. Well, I I got off, and Keenan Thompson was like, "How'd you do that?" And I go, "I tried." Everyone, no one else tried. Everyone thought oh, I'm going to do the Dave way. Where you kind of just jazz it up. It's like he can only he can do that. Yeah. Does he really do that? And by the way, I look at Dave kind of like a great white shark. Cause like you I don't see him. If right. you see him if you see him, you're kinda of lucky. In you, person. You, you want to stay out of his way. I don't wanna I don't wanna meet the guy. Right. Like I don't ever want to have a run in. I know for a fact our sensibilities probably don't pair up other than we might like probably like to get drunk. Yeah. But like I'm sure he looks That's like, a lot though. Don't <laughs> underestimate that. In either one of you. <laughs> he likes Tom, so I know he's not going to like me. <laughs> so, well, I'm surprised. I guarantee you he knows you and like. I don't think so. I promise you he does. I stay out of the radar on all those dudes. Like, I don't know Chris Rock. Never met, never met Chris Rock one time. Don't, I mean, don't know him. Don't think he would ever. Like, I kind of stay off. I kind of do my own thing. I don't really like hang out at the clubs much. Yeah. You know, and unless you're hanging out at the clubs, that's how you meet those people. Yeah. You know, the only reason I knew Norm McDonald and, and like, I I, had been, I never saw Norm. I saw Norm a lot. Where? At the, at the store. I think I just was never, they would always be main room shows and I just never went over. Yeah. He's that o- Norm he was, was always the main Sandler room. And yeah. I never, I, I've never met Adam Sandler in person. I bombed horrifically in front of him on a. Oh, on the, on the Zoom. People are still talking about that. <laughs> Zoom stock went down 20%. You bombed so hard. People condemn Zoom. They canceled one of his movies for that. Yeah. He got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, it like bandwidth. They shut the internet down oh in my certain God. countries. Oh, that was bad. Um that was bad. What's the most what's the most you fucked up? Because you've been in huge fucking meetings. You've been in huge you've been in meetings I, I've never I'm, I didn't know they had. <laughs> That's actually not even true. That's actually true. Uh, the worst fuck up. I was interview. I was interviewing for a TV show to direct a TV show, a big TV show, and I said like something like, "It's not like the shit they have on like on Lifetime." <laughs> and the guy I was talking to his wife was the president of Lifetime. <laughs> And needless to say, I never directed that show. Just like, what are the fucking odds well, that, a woman, that a comedy that writer's a woman's wife a president would, of yeah, lifetime. that a woman could run a network? First of all, and second of all, that that a co- uh, it was just like, oh, oh yeah, I'm not getting this. I used to think that if okay, how does Comedy Central make a comeback? Because Comedy Central was the brand. It was the Rolex. You of are a bigger production company now than Comedy Central. I actually. I think I probably get more views than they do collectively. I bet. I bet that's true. Other, if you, they have South Park and Daily Show, and Daily Show as a Friday. Who knows? Trevor's quitting. You saw. Have you ever met Trevor Noah? 
I know him really well. For real? I used to, I do the show sometimes. For, oh, for real? Yeah, what? like I knew Trevor before he got the show. I think I... I In fact, I told him to leave America. <laughs> I swear to God. And I was right. So 10 years ago, he and I were doing... We were in Denver. I was doing the comedy works. He was doing the improv. We met to eat. Wait, Trevor Noah was doing the improv in Denver. I know that club. Yes. That's the that's the that's shitty a great one. Club. It's a great no, club. No, it's a great club. <laughs> it's, it's a great a club. Shitty. It's not yeah, it's not no. the one you want to be at. Yes. And Wait, Trevor Noah was doing yes. that club for 1500. We were both making 1500. Shut the fuck up. I swear to god. And I, I was, thought he was a gazillionaire. I didn't know anything. I thought he was like a millionaire in Africa and kind of just transitioned into Which daily would be show. like a thousandaire in America. But yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. Um, no, no. Yeah. He he was he was a big uh, African and European comedian, and so he's doing fifty. We're doing the weekend. We're, we're both making fifteen hundred bucks. They lied to me about one of the waitresses was like they're bringing seats in, and then I was like, so do I make a bonus? They go, they didn't negotiate for your bonus. It was like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. So I basically told Trevor, I was like, just get out of here, man. Why would you do these? clubs for a weekend and he and i was like and also no foreign comedian has ever made it on american tv and then oliver John hit oliver. it yeah and i literally called trevor and it was like come back come back come back come back and he came back your seat's still warm they don't know you're gone <laughs> no yeah and then he and then he did the daily show once with john, or twice with john and then but he did it he did a, a piece with john and it like went viral oh, for real yeah and then and then they offered it. I knew it was going to come down to like him and Mulaney, and and then he ended up doing. He's it. got the best voice. He, I have a theory about him, which is he's the most fuckable guy on six continents. Uh, yeah, Africa, okay. Europe, yes, South America, yeah, North America, right, Australia, done. And I like that you can say for certain Australia is a lock. Yeah, a lock. Uh, a lock. <laughs> a and then lock. Asia. Asia's a continent. Well, yeah. Uh, but like, no, I'm I know saying, Asia's a continent, but I was like, no, like I was would he? Like, would really? he? Yeah. I would argue he would. I mean, again, he wouldn't be like, for in terms of like single guys. Okay. He, he might be the biggest comedian in the world. Uh. Who, Kev, him or Kev? No. Who's the biggest comedian in the Rock world? Rockin' Chappelle. No, not in terms of box office. Well, Trevor Kev can do arenas. Okay, Kevin on five Hart. Continents. Kevin Hart. Kevin. Trevor can do arenas and for real. Yeah. It'd be, but does okay. So when you here's focus, how big he. So Lance Patrick. Who type does, in Google uh, trends. Go ahead. Lance Patrick does the, my website and Trevor's website. I heard Lance Armstrong. I was about to hear a very different story. He's, it's been a long fall. <laughs> he does he's, websites. He's a now. webmaster now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still does a ton of uh, steroids. It's weird. <laughs> um, uh, Have you ever thought about doing steroids? Don't lose this conversation. Have you ever thought about doing steroids? Yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, uh, like testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Would you? I'm yes. Are you doing it now? Yes. Really? Why not? Fuck yeah. Like, what's the downside? My wife's doing it. What's the downside? Uh, if you get cancer, it accelerates. Yeah, but what? I mean, come on. <laughs> who gets cancer? Who First of all, I don't look like I have cancer or AIDS. I know that. I've been preparing for having cancer for 20 years. Uh, I've got all the clothes. I don't have to change outfits. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, oh, don't leave. Trevor, no. Uh, Wait, do you worry about death? Because you're healthy as fuck. I don't worry. I want to live forever. Yeah. I. We can. This is a longer conversation, but 
I okay, hold on. Okay, and then let's put a pin in it. Yes. I'm going to write down death. Death, yes. Okay. Uh, and then let's get back to Trevor. Trevor. Noah. Okay, this is, how, this is how big the venues Trevor does. I do, we have the same web guy, Lance yeah. Patrick. Lance, if Lance, uh, uh, Lance fell off the back of one of Trevor's stages in Europe and was in the hospital for three weeks. If you fell off one of my stages, you wouldn't even need ice. <laughs> That's how big a comedian Trevor, it was in debt in an arena in somewhere in Europe. And he fell off the back in like total darkness. They barely found him. Go to type in. You got You're doing it. It's kind of tough because Kevin got in trouble. So go go. Uh, That's true. Yeah, go shoot. Kevin's no, no. I'm not saying. I'm talking about pure box office. Do you have like the the. Uh, Pole star stuff, yeah. Of yeah, course I have to log in. yeah. Of course you, you do. Yeah, you yeah that's numbers? where we. No, no, no. I mean, no, we'll do your not, numbers. But they're, but they're not. I mean, neither of them are touring, and it's really true. They're both touring. Uh, not right now. Kevin and Go to Trevor Polestar. did get, the, get a login for Polestar. I saw Kevin in at the Minneapolis Arena three weeks ago when Trevor just. Did oh wait, the Kevin tour. was Kevin's doing back out on tour. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Trevor did the the arena twice in Toronto this weekend. Um. You can type in a comic's name and then find out their. This is the crazy part of this business is everything is Googleable. I know, and so you can go. I can tell you exactly how much money Joe Coy made last year. Um, so go see those bumps. Those are those box are, office yeah. reports. So click on that. See if it gives you a number. Uh, I'm, I, I can't. My glass. I don't have my glasses. Are you on, on tour so now? You're on tour, right? Or I'm on done? tour. Yeah. But it's it's tricky. Polestar can get tricky because uh, those guys, because they're doing arenas, sometimes they don't work every weekend, right? And so if you work every weekend and you're doing like smaller arenas, so you're not doing like twenty two thousand, so you're doing yeah. twelve thousand. Yeah, it's Ugh. it's not. Well, no, but I'm I'm just saying. Yeah. It, the Polestar numbers can kind of sl slide a little bit where you're like, oh shit, dot right. dot dot's bigger than yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and they're like, that's not actually accurate. Can you read any stats, Halston? Are you be able to? You gotta log in. You gotta log in. Uh, I fuck. I got. I'm not gonna get my login out here. Um, give it. Just walk it over. No, no, no. I gotta get it from uh, Levity. I. Oh, you yeah. give it to them? Uh, no, they gave me theirs. Oh, got it. I I'm give it gonna, to me. I'm not gonna. Uh, <laughs> I love shit like this. I love it too. Oh, I could look at it all day. It's it's funny. I don't like looking at my bank account because it gives me anxiety. Why? Because I just don't want to know. Somebody else is like that. I feel, uh, like, I feel like if you know you're doing good. Somebody else I know didn't know how much money he had. Dave Chappelle? No. Does he know how much money he has? I have no idea. He doesn't seem like a guy that looks at his bank account. Uh, I, it, you could convince me either one. Yeah. Rogan seems like a guy who looks at his bank account. I, if I had, I think I would hit refresh a few times a day if I had the kind of money those guys have. Uh, somebody didn't know how much money he had in the bank until he got divorced. And I was like, why wouldn't you? And he's like, what good would thinking I'm rich do me? And I was like, I don't make you feel good, mm -mm. but I hear you. Not for me. I, I like, I, it's, I, I had a conversation one time with Tom and Tom's agent and Tom's agent said, Tom's clearing dot, dot, dot this year. And I went, are you fucking serious? And his agent's like, you should be too. And I said, I'm definitely not. And he goes, no, you, if you're not, you need to leave your agent. And I said, I can almost guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you that number, I won't make that money. And he goes, hold on, you're doing the exact same size venue as Tom is. 
I said, I'm just not, I don't know, man. You guys must have a really good deal. And he was like, then he hit me up. He was like, for real, if you're really not clearing that, you need to leave your agent. And then I, and then I got, that's how you found out that your wife was stealing from (laughs) Uh, Neil, Neil. I'm not even fucking around. Cause then I started going, I stopped. I, I, at one point I said, I want to know, I, I don't even look at my settlements. I don't look at anything. Why? I'm just, I want to make sure they're not ripping me off. Because, because for me, I feel settlements like, is like they just they at the end of when you do a show they go let's settle up it's basically they pay yeah. you and when you're a comic they'll either give you a check or wire it to your agent yes and so I I never looked at my settlements and for me it was like I just wanted to make sure that the bus was paid for everyone was paid for I wasn't losing money and I could and and I was putting money away and then uh, I'm being very open and honest right now. Leanne bought a beach house, and I was like, I'm, that's not happening. And she was like, why? And I go, We're, we can't afford that. Baby, let's, we just built this beautiful house. We still have our old house. Yeah. We're not buying a fucking beach house that we're never going to use. And she was like, we'll use it. Me and the girls will use it. And she was like, George is going to college. Let's get it for the summer. George will be out there with her friends. It'll be great. And I said, why don't we just rent a beach house? She was like, it's just a waste of money if you buy one. And I, and I literally... Called my business manager. I go, she's out of her fucking mind. He goes, you can definitely afford a beach house. And I was like, huh? He's like, you can afford a beach house, a tour bus, and another house. And I went, what? And he was like, dude, you, you can afford that. And I was and I, I was like, I don't even want to know about this. Did you ask him, like, can I, can I, can I cheat on my wife? Could I get away with cheating on my wife? Can I, I cover could. it up? Do I have enough money? I... I don't think I could. I don't think I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really saw some shit just now. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift, and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. BlueNile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer a peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every budget. The thing about buying jewelry is you really don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what you're looking at often And the great thing about working with Blue Nile is you have somebody who's a true expert that can help guide you along the way so you don't feel lost, so you know what these diamond grades are, you know you're getting real value. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you don't, they offer 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. Com. Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. And I'm Elna Baker. And we have a new podcast. It's called Pretty Sure I Can Fly. Yep. We've teamed up with my friends and barmates from Smartless to create a podcast where we talk to folks who have more balls in a bowling alley. People who accomplish something extraordinary despite people telling them that it couldn't or shouldn't be done. You'll hear stories about the Air Force doctor who buckled into a 600 mile per hour rocket sled and became the fastest man on the planet. And a man who wrestles alligators and sharks for fun. Do not do this. <laughs> You'll hear about a foul-mouthed moonshiner. Got a two-inch dick and a six-inch tongue and knows how to use both of them. <laughs> and an even more foul-mouthed female stunt pilot. 
We got bull riders, balloonists, bobsledders, and big wave surfers. People who lay their balls on an anvil and hand the other fellow the hammer. Okay. I bet you've actually done that, Johnny. Maybe for sweeps. Follow Pretty Sure I Can Fly on the Wondery app. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Pretty Sure I Can Fly early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. But I, 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 for me, it's easier. Like, Tom knows exactly how much money he makes. He talked to me about it one time. And was well, the other day he was we were talking. Tom talks about money. I'm not, I'm uncomfortable about money. I don't know if it's my. I don't know what it is. I don't like looking at bills. I don't. Well, like I'll the, say this for you: <clears throat> you don't seem rich. I don't. That's act rich. what. Like there are people that seem. I seem richer than you, even though we grew up in similar places. Similar, yeah, like, similar backgrounds. Yeah. Like I just dress whatever you dress. Like you're not. I dress like a twelve year old. Right. Uh, thank you. I don't want to say. <laughs> um, and. So you, certain guys, I think Joe falls into this category. I think Tom falls into this category. Tom with the cars, I think, could make people resent him. He wore a Gucci. But you're not very resentable. Tom's clothes are getting a little cute. A little cute. Pull up Two Bears, One Cave. He, he just did an episode with fucking Duncan Trussell, and he's wearing a Gucci shirt. Mm, he's like, like it. You, only, you only get a few wears out of that, and then you got to get rid of it. You know, Gucci doesn't last forever. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. So you get like five wears out of it. Look at him with this shirt. It's fucking They seem ridiculous. happy. Look, Duncan doesn't seem... Look, look at this. Oh, fuck him. It's like I a wanna, $1,200 shirt. I want to fight him. He's wearing a $1,200 it's shirt. It's also a bowling shirt. So good for you, it's Gucci. It's a $1,200 Gucci bowling shirt. <laughs> fuck. But like his... he Tom... I think for Tom, it's a little bit of a bit now because he's, he's like... He gives away jackets. He spends $10,000 on jackets... He gives them away to Sebastian, right? <laughs> Sebastian seems rich. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, List of comics who seem rich. Okay. Seem Sebastian <laughs> doesn't seem that rich. I would argue because the accent. Yeah. And like at a certain point, they if you're look, really they rich, you wouldn't gesticulate like, like this. <laughs> no rich. Bill Gates no. isn't walking around going like, hey, what the fuck with the microchips? Do you think that's generational, though, that all the generations of Italians have have acted that way and been poor? And so when one really gets rich, they're when like, you Sebastian, still look like an Italian. But there is a way to dress like if Italians, if, if Sebastian started wearing like sunglasses on stage, like the mafia, like gradient <laughs> yeah. sunglasses, yeah. then that he would seem rich. But Sebastian is rich. Sebastian's very rich. Yeah. He's one of the richest comics there is. Yes. He's very rich. I remember watching and his wife's super rich, right? Is that Yeah, the, I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think her I think she comes I think her dad did well or something. Yeah. But she she I don't think they get that money. Who? Sebastian and his wife. They don't get the parents' money? Yeah, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're I right. think, No, but, yeah. Sebastian is and again, Sebastian's he put it all into shirts and Sebastian wears a lot of cute sneakers. I'll say that Sebastian, uh, Sebastian is he, I remember, I remember the, when I was doing clubs, there was like top 10 earning comics and Sebastian made, uh, $12 million. And I was, and that was a couple years ago. I was a few years ago. And I was like, I was way before the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I remember going, if you make $12 million, you're rich. Yeah. That's like fucking rich. And now you would kill yourself if you only made $12 million in a year. I go, you would what? drown yourself in I your, go, one of I your doing? pools. What am I You're doing like, with the other? Which pool house should I, which pool at which house should I drown myself in? Or should I go to the beach house and drown myself in the lake? No matter how much money Donnell Rollins makes, he will never look rich. Because he's got a poor hairline. 
<laughs> there's certain things that it's just got a poor hairline. There's nothing. Yeah. He's not. He's too late for plugs. Larry the cable guy. He's never gonna look great. Literally couldn't. He's never yeah. gonna look rich. Yeah. Ron looks kind of rich. Ron has. Ron looked rich when he was poor. Yes. Because he wore suits. Yes. Uh, Foxworthy doesn't look rich. No. Engvall doesn't look rich. No. Larry Cable guy doesn't look rich. Ron looks. Yeah. Ron, Ron's always looked rich. Um, Dave doesn't look that rich. No, no, Chris, I, I take that. No, can I tell you? So, uh, there's, there's three phases of Dave. Okay. Yep. There's young Dave, mm -hmm. which is the, that's the one I first, uh, encountered 90s in New York. Dave. Yeah. Nineties Dave, which was skinny, fun, Heineken on stage, cigarette on stage. Uh, uh, clothes were, were, were like almost a, an afterthought, like yeah. meaning like it didn't seem like he put much yeah. thought into what he was wearing. Then there's, then there's, uh, then there's Chappelle show Dave, mm -hmm. right? And then there's the Dave we know now, which is yoked, deep voice, right? A little larger, baggy body, body, shirt, body, shirt, mat, body matches the head, shirts to his knees. Yeah, yeah. And now he looks like Kanye Dave, like he looks like like he's like got a shirt on that you go, where do you buy? Yeah, that? no, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I always forget the guy's name too. Kanye? No, Kanye. I can remember. Yeah. Uh, the the where they get their shirts from? Who do they get their shirts from? Uh. I can't remember. Rick Owens is the guy's name. I'm buying, Look a, it up. I'm buying Rick Owens shirts. That's the one yeah. I'm going to rip off on my Netflix special. Yeah. Um, it's You'll see. See? The boots. Oh, These are those, the boots. So you're I, getting yeah. into it. Oh, if shit. You, if you, uh, any one of these shows, like see the long jackety. Yeah. It's like short pants. Dave, most deaf, Yasin Bey. Uh See, that's Dave's wearing that on his next special. <laughs> that's the closer too. Closer too, he's wearing that. That's fucking um, great. Yeah, so I'm with yeah. you. I've seen where some you, of where those. Where you stop, with, it's not even like sneakers that when you're, you're no aware longer of. Hip -hop. You're, like, you're not you hip-hop anymore. It's not even Nike, yeah. it's like something else. Yeah. Aziz seems rich. Aziz, Aziz seems, seems like Aziz rich. Aziz seems. Yeah. What's he like? Uh, you don't know him at all? Never met him. I he's, told you, man, I'm off the radar. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And I think that's also why people don't think I'm rich because I go, I don't hang out with any of these people. Yeah. I've never met Aziz. Sometimes a comic will say the thing that resonates with you forever and, uh -huh. you, and it changes. So like, uh, and mostly it's, for me, it's usually a, a, a comic of color that says something that I just, it was a glare, glaring blind spot in my life. First one I ever heard was, was Kumail. When Kumail got jacked, he was like, uh, he, he it was something about representation, about yeah, if you see the the Pakistani or Indian guy in a movie, he's always got to be the computer guy. Why can't he look like a hero? Why can't he look like a hero also? And I just was like, oh fuck yeah! Why should? Why does Chris Evans be the only one that gets right. to be jacked? Because it goes against God. But that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It goes yeah. against nature. But yeah, they never won like, any wars. I mean, they, yeah. Um, Aziz was on David Chang's cooking show. Mm -hmm. Do you watch a lot of Netflix? I watch a lot of Netflix. I watch no cooking shows. Because I don't, present coming excluded, I'll watch a trailer of your show and then go, haven't been invited. Um, <laughs> maybe it's a you. vegan thing. Maybe it's a vegan thing. I would cook vegan for you in a heartbeat. I I, I'm a great that. vegan cook. Great. I, a great. I, so I was vegan for a little while and, uh, and I was cooking vegan for my whole family. And, really? Yeah. And, and, I was, and I would make two meals. I'd make a vegan meal and a regular meal for them. And I'd see if they could tell them. I, kill, I did a killer meatloaf. Uh, I used a lot. Almost, I leaned a little too heavily into um, yeast. 
because huh. yeast really brings out a lot of yeast will trick you into thinking you're eating. You know what's milk. actually like quietly delicious is nutritional yeast. Yeah, like as a put it on popcorn and shit. Very good, like delicious. Yeah, delicious. Um, but I would definitely make a vegan meal for you. I would you. love that. Okay, all right, Jen. Right. Um, put it down. Yeah, very excited. Um, Next round, we'll do it. I'll, I'll, you, and you can pick your get whoever you want to do it with. Oh no, we're in the middle of a podcast. Uh, hey, uh, Neil, something's Jen, running. Next if, round. If he calls you, we're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. It's like a fucking I sting you operation. Just go, what? Like you bit, and you're fired. <laughs> um, hold on. Aziz, I, Aziz, I've known a long time. Aziz, I've known since before. I'm the first time I met Aziz was in '05 with Kroll. I know Kroll. Yeah, like 17 he years ago rich. at a. He seems rich. Well, his Kroll is from his dad. Married Julia Louise Dreyfus's dad. I mean, it's actually might be his dad owns the top international private security firm on earth. Corporate so security. Real. Kroll and Associates. Jules Kroll. Jules Kroll. Oh, what do you Jules? want? Jules? He got the name Jules yeah. in the fucking 50s. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. He's a billionaire? He's a fucking billionaire. He's a billionaire. He sold us at 1.9. If I had known that, I would have had so many different questions from By that. the way... That's and then he started two different companies. And the thing I'll say, people will go like he's rich. Kroll's fucking hilarious. Very funny. Like he's very funny. So this thing of like he's a rich kid. And I'm gonna give a shit. Do you think do you think in all honesty, hold on. God damn it. What were we talking about right before this? Before something's uh, burning. Aziz Aziz, Aziz I yeah, want, yeah. Uh, and David Chang. And who seems rich? Okay, David Chang. Aziz's family seem rich, but I think Aziz came from money. Aziz isn't like. no. No, but I think his. I, I, saw I mean, his I'm sure it's home. like dad. Ri- it like worked, but like yeah. he's not. I think his dad. I want to say his dad was a doctor because it looked like they had Maybe, a nice yeah. house in Orlando. Um, and I just know. I think I he's know from f- Atlanta, but no, his parents live in Orlando now. Okay, I think he grew up in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I don't know the guy. Isn't that crazy? Tell I mean, tell your tell your memory. God damn it! What was I just fucking thinking? No, that's really hard to Kroll. That's hard to. But I'm gonna oh, okay, guess something okay, about, okay. Something about alcohol. Nope. Do you do you think do you think uh let's use Nick Kroll as an example and I hope Nick sees this. Do you think that there is an inherent work ethic that comes with your father being a billionaire where you see a man who obviously is massively successful or do you think that instigates uh, that it it, it almost uh, instills a tad bit of laziness cuz as whereas Dave, maybe not. I, can, Dave, I know I what you're asking. Dave. Do you, if you're poor, is poor a better motivator than rich? That's what I meant. Uh, I, I don't think it doesn't matter, but I think work ethic is, uh, that kind of doesn't matter. Like you either have it, you have talent. There's like talent. There's just like, can I think of jokes? Right. Do I say funny shit most yeah, okay. of the time? No, but that, okay, but I'll put a pin in that because there's a lot of very talented comedians that once they get a little success, stop working. Stop writing, yeah. Yeah, stop writing. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, what happened to them, man? They fell off. And so that motivation that they got, that motivation they had when they were young and they were broke and they wanted to pop, they had it. It was there. I can name a ton of fucking names. And then all of a sudden they get some success and you're like, God, that special sucked. Right, but I well that comes down to like 
do you care about your reputation? Do you have that like comedy club ethos of like, I don't want them slagging me yeah. at the club. And some people go, I don't care. But, but I think if you like either you're a comedian, I was telling somebody today, I've been going, I've been hanging out in comedy clubs for 35 years. You were hanging out in comedy clubs before you were doing comedy. Wait, I was hanging out in comedy clubs when I was in high school because my brother was a comedian. So like, but your other, I want to say you're, you had, you had another brother. I had another brother that worked the stri- at the strip. I met that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I, and you, I met him at the Boston Comedy Club drinking beers with Pete Corielli. There Is that go. possible? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've been around. So like I want to, I would want to be a good comedian for like that reason. Yeah. More than rich. You want like that sort of like street fight thing. Uh, that Maybe that's why I don't look at my bank account because I know for a fact. But I don't think, I think they're totally separate. Possibly. They can be because Tom's Tom knows exactly to the T how much money he has and he's an amazing comedian. But I look at it and I go, you're only as good as your next special. I totally agree. And and so I go, fuck the money. Yeah. Uh, maybe the money can help me. It, I'll tell you what, the one thing the money that I, I has helped with. It probably helps buying houses. It does buy, like, and, yeah. and private jets. Yeah, probably. Like I'm getting from like going for, like if I want to do a one-nighter, which I'm doing a couple, uh, I can fly private in, not worry about money. Do a one nighter at a club if I'm off on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And the cool thing is, it looks like you walked. Yeah, people don't know. <laughs> I love. By the way, I love being able to. My only thing I give a fuck about with money is private jets. They're the that's somebody. A few people have said that to me. Is that the only big difference? You can only eat, in your case, five meals a day. <laughs> um, you can only eat five meals a day. Can I tell you about fat jokes? I be, I'm being dead serious. If it was something that really hurt me, I would. You, you would, would see down. it on my eyes. Yeah. Like if you, you made, like, yeah. And yeah. I was thinking of that today. There was something I was doing that I know that I do very bad. And I go, well, I'm so glad no one knows about this. Because <laughs> well, now you they, have to tell us. No, I can't. Right. No fucking way. Um, Are you doing the Whitney roast on me? No. Oh, you should. When you is definitely it? should. I'll, say, I'll, I'll have Whitney, I'll have Whitney text right. you. Um, uh, the, yeah, so. Private, flying private. private flying private. Few people have said it's the only, like, big difference. Like uh, you can only eat, you can only live changer. in one house. I mean, you are the exception, but <laughs> you have your podcasting house, your normal house, your beach house. Yeah. Your, um, yeah. Uh, By the way, I don't live in any of them. I live in a fucking tour bus. Yeah, that's so the, the, I mean, that's I, the I live in a yeah. tour bus. Yeah. Uh, you like the living on a tour bus? Love it. I just bought one. Love How much it. are they? A million, one point five. Are they really? Yeah. It's that mostly customizing. I, it's entirely customized. You can buy a used one for a lot cheaper, but I was the problem with the other ones is you're living in someone else's design, right? And if, and if you don't know anything about tour buses, then very easily you can slide into a tour bus and you won't notice it, right? You, I've lived in tour buses for the past four, five years. <clears throat> I've lived in tour buses, and so I know what I want. I think I know what I want. And then, by the way, I could design tour buses for other people, and I'm not. And, and the good thing about this is I can build it and I can rent it to people yeah. and people are going to go, fuck, I want that tour bus. This guy's lived in tour buses because yeah. number one, uh, it's a star coach, which means it's got a, a a bedroom in the back, not two slide outs, two slide outs inhibits a lot of the, of the functions of the bus. Um, slide outs, it, slide outs means it oh, opens the up. Thing that opened, All it. you need is a one slide out. You don't need a slide out for your in bedroom. The, in front middle. Yep. Front middle, a slide out out there. 
uh, captain's chairs, bigger couches, lower seats, lower couches so that your feet aren't too high because you can get some that are too high. Um, large fridge, slide out underneath uh, panel, fridge panels. By the way, this is how much I live on tour buses. If you Google celebrity tour buses, my tour bus comes up. That's my tour bus. That's my tour bus right that now. That one upper right? The right now. That, that when you Google, because I'm the only one that really. Did you design it? No, I, I, I just rented this one. I've rented it for so long that I would have paid it off already. I've rented okay. it because so, I rent it for the right, full yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's another thing about tour buses that you can't just rent it for a week. I mean, you can if you're like Post Malone, they'll find you one. But if you're like a comic, you can't get one for a week. It's so hard because there is such a small amount of tour buses. Taylor Swift's dad figured this out, and he bought a fleet of them with her first big check. And now he is the biggest tour bus renter in the world. Oh. He's like number, and he makes a killing on the side with Taylor buses, Taylor Swift's tour buses. So I heard this, and I was like, I went to my business manager. The first purchase I wanted was a tour bus. I said, I will make the money back. I can rent it to my friends. Like when my friends go, hey man, I'm doing a quick run, right. and it's and it's perfectly the the bathroom is in the way back. So if you put the bed in the way back, you're sitting over the rear axle when yeah. you drive. The best place to sleep is in front of those rear axles. So I moved the bed. The best sleep I've ever gotten. Yeah. Dave had a bus in 03 or 04. Slept from... The, the like, overnight is decent sleep. You're a little bit worried about Metallica. <laughs> Um, when you're and, sober, you definitely yeah, are. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you definitely are when you're yeah. sober. Is your beer fridge feeling a little empty? DoorDash is your door to beer without the run. Whatever drink you're in the mood for, they've got you. Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code BEARS24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. I mean, there's like sometimes you just don't want to leave. That's me. Once we're at a spot and we're hanging out, I just don't want to leave. And now you don't have to. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25%, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code BEARS24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. <laughs> and uh, the Metallica Black Ice incident where they, they guy died. Yeah. Um, and, but when you get to the hotel and are parked, something about sleeping on a park bus in a, like in a little stack and a little cocoon. Mwah. It's some, I, I can't explain it. I've got counters in there that we, we keep towels and workout stuff in. And I hard sold, hard pitched my wife on under the counter, building a tour bus bunk. Cause I sleep so well in a tour bus bunk. What I'm is like, it? Is it the cocoonness I of think it or something? First of all, it's ice cold. It's pitch black. So it's like a cave, right? The, they have temperpedic temperpedic mattresses. So they're, they feel good. And you just are so crammed with all your shit, all your blankets all over you. It's my favorite sleep ever. I, I, I love it more than my own bed. My own bed, there's so much noise. You go in there, all you hear is the hum of the bus, yeah. the air conditioning. And my favorite part is you wake up in the morning and you pull your curtain back. And you're back somewhere else. And you're like, hey, is, is anyone up? And you yeah. see a curtain up. What's up? Beautiful. And then yeah. and it's like camp. Everyone's yeah. busting balls. Hey, what do you guys want to eat? And then someone's on their phone. 
And they're like, all right, here's what's around. And everyone's still in their beds. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I, I, yeah, I'm designing my own tour bus. I'm making sure that there's space enough for a crew probably of, I'm going to, I think we're going to try to do a crew of ultimately six, uh, but it's going to be fucking awesome. And then it'll be in Southern California. So like any, any of the comics out here, do that you are take like, the, you, do you, do you, <clears throat> so you take one of the bunks. You don't take. I like take one the, of the bunks. The I'm going to change that, and I'll tell you why. Same reason about looking at your bank account thing. I believed that if if you were going to be on a bus with everyone, you should be an equal. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't force everyone to live in a bus if you were going to get a big, nice room in yeah. the back. What that does is it changes power dynamics in a way that no one looks at you as the guy paying for the bus. They look at you as the guy also on the bus. Right. And so sometimes sometimes there can be stepping on some toes where you're like, hey, guys, remember, I'm paying for all this shit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm changing that back to us. And by the way, you can't rent. Uh, you can only rent the bus I currently have. You can only rent to like cruise because it's all bunks. And it's a I got it because it was all bunks and an edit bay in the back. And so or a place you could put an edit bay. Right. Uh, but if you if I wanted like if, if Dave was gonna go oh I'm doing a run up San Francisco can you guys find me a bus someone's like Bert's got a great bus yeah he'd want the star coach and he'd want the bunks in there right like, he'd want he'd so want that's funny that you found that because you were trying to be a man of the people they treated you like a man of the people and you had to be like motherfucker yeah I'm it's me whose name is on the yeah like I heard a lot of I heard a lot of uh, I heard yeah I heard I well I'm not gonna like I don't want to sit to it. There were just certain things that happened where I like people would say things to my this is I hope the people that toured with me don't hear this and get upset. But uh they would say things They will now, but go ahead. Me. They would say things to me that were that I would bother me because they were trying they didn't know I was paying for it, it because I was with them it, at times they wouldn't feel like I was the one paying. So you say hypothetically say you get down, sat down for dinner. Right, and we'd all been sitting in the bunk. They're like, "Dude, fuck this! Order the most expensive thing on the menu." And I'd be like, "Well, I'm paying for that also." Like, so like, oh, so that right. energy. So it's like, yeah, because there's a part of me that's like, it's you. It might be worth getting stepped on every once in a while. It, it was. Well, I'll tell you what. Those everyone I've toured with, and I say this, everyone I toured with are like my closest friends. Yeah, because we lived on a bus. We had a blast, but at times there would be certain things. Where they're like, God damn it! Why aren't they flying us fucking first class? And I was, and I'm there. They forget that it's right. Sometimes they, they it's like a we, but you, I, yeah, yeah. There's an advantage and a disadvantage because there is yeah. a party that's you. I mean, you could have just been like, no, motherfucker, don't get the most like because because I don't want to pay for seven first class tickets. <laughs> there's but like there is a little bit of that energy, like. I feel bad saying that because I know those guys are all going to be hyper aware and go, is that me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it was like a couple times and, and uh, that, it, that it happened when you were like, oh, I, I think I need to be in the back of the, I think there is a, there should be a hierarchy. I definitely do the most time. I definitely am the one promoting all the shows. Yeah. I'm definitely putting the most work in. I'm definitely flying like, and I was flying everyone private places and, and I, but I believe that you should be like, Rogan was like that. Rogan was like man of the people. Everyone flew first class. Everyone got paid fucking sick. He never made anyone pay for a meal. But because Rogan's such an alpha, everyone was like, that's everyone like knew, Joe Rolls. Yeah. With me, sometimes people are like, oh, oh, that's right. Bert's on this tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like, who did you think was the, 
who was the who was relapsing or whatever the whatever the name of the tour was. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I was, it was my like, relapse. I think it was my. Are you relapsing? Because I I thought it was me. But uh, uh, but that's why you have a thing in the back here. Okay, so let's go back to Rich hierarchy. Uh, that's it. Well, that's for funny. I'm with you because I there are times where you want to go like you want to pull rank. Yeah, but yeah, but it's you have to avoid it. I just read a book about status. Literally just about stat. It's called Status and Culture. You read the best books. This book is fucking good. What's the name of it? It's called Status and Culture. By W. David Marks. Um, and uh, then there's another status book called by Will Store. I haven't read it yet, but W. Uh, you S- talked about a book on S- Rogan that I bought. Amusing ourselves to death. Did that guy fucking call it? Have you read it yet? Uh, I bought the audiobook. Yeah. Um I you know I I listen to so many audiobooks on yeah, the yeah. bus that I don't remember what. Yeah, yeah. But uh you read good fucking books. Yeah. How come you don't have like a book club or something? That's this is a this is why you're significantly more popular than me cuz I'm like you should have like an alcohol thing. <laughs> a thing that's very popular and you're like, "Have you thought about books? <laughs> have you thought about incorporating co- books into your comedy? You fucking Nurse, <laughs> why don't you sell other people's books? <laughs> no, I, know. I have authors open Sweet, for me. Tell me, tell me about status and culture. Uh, it's just about how everything we do is for status. Every Tom's wearing that shirt to let you know, like, you know, I can afford a $1,200 shirt. Just, yeah. I'm just letting you know, like, and it's it's more enjoyable when a black person does it. Because, I'm so excited to talk about this. Because it's like, well, they, like, yeah, they have, first of all, they, like, have to signal for survival. Status and culture, meaning status and culture, meaning different cultures and status and how that affects different cultures? Well, how it affects what people's, what people make. What people make in terms of, like, output, like, creative output, yeah. right? So it's high status. Like, high status, like, like, for instance, like, I'm snobbier comedy wise yeah. than you are you're so much more popular than me but i'm like well but i'm snobbier so like there's like the new yorker might write about me yeah whereas, new yorker's not writing about me right that's I what i'm saying they might not write about me either but like but uh which is the reason i like being friends with people that i'm friends it's like i don't i'm friends with you because you're fucking funny and cool and nice yeah and same with joe and same with all these people that like this sort of more right wing guy who aren't even right wing, but they seem yeah. right wing. Whereas I seem like I'm an Antifa. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> like I'm lefter than left. Um, I, so, so it's about how it's not just snobbiness, snobbiness and like knowing the right place to perform. Like, yeah. Like the right shirt and the right, but, like, okay. Pr- there's, like how there's it's so much to and, unpack on this because, me and you, me and you like the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We both like to laugh, right? But there is a certain thing that you laugh at that sometimes I don't get, right? Where I go, and I don't. Why don't I get it? And why do you get it? Like, um, like, uh, like I laughed at Seth Meyers, uh, uh, commencement speech for mm-hmm. correspondence Center. Yeah. One, one of my favorite jokes. It's like it's like I said. You remember the thing with Aziz? The yeah. one thing he said to bring that full circle was they were talking about uh 
growing up in an ethnic house and how the smells of that ethnic house were home to them, but then they bring them to school and kids will make fun of them and how frustrating it is for them to now watch white people make those smells and go, yeah, do you like it? It's called tiki masala. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, I got my ass kicked on a playground for tiki masala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was a thing to me that was just blew my mind. Seth Meyers, one of my favorite jokes ever, ever. like meaning just you hear it and you go, I'll always remember yep. it. Um, they say Donald Trump's running as a Republican. It's funny. I thought he was running, running as a joke. As a joke. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's a great joke. Yeah. Uh, I think either he wrote it or this guy, Alex Bays wrote it, um, who writes for Seth. Bays has written, he wrote, he wrote my favorite joke from that, that uh, correspondence dinner, which is uh, Donald Trump claims that he is friends with the blacks <laughs> and by the blacks, I assume he means a white family. <laughs> Um, uh, Bays also wrote for Tina and Amy at the, at the, uh, Golden Globes, uh, like a young model's warm vagina. Please welcome Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, he's got, he wrote this. Who's this guy? Follow him on base. How do you spell it? it? B-A-Z-E. One, maybe the greatest joke writer alive. He also wrote a joke for Seth, an update, um, that the Black Eyed Peas are doing a free concert in Central Park. And he goes, uh, Black Eyed Peas, free concert? That sounds too true to be good. <laughs> um, Alex Bays. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He doesn't look funny. He's, like, incredibly like, he funny. Looks like, he, looks like- he looks like a dour comedy writer. Yeah. But, man, that so guy's like, So, like, do you like SNL? One of the fastest fastballs in in the world he's fucking great do you, do you like SNL? Uh, i like i like snl as an institution okay do you know what i mean yeah, like, i, I like that. i like it as like i like it as a tv show i find now i mean it's like a sketch show so it's take it or leave it's like hit and miss so okay okay perfect example and, and by no shade yep. just being like this was the greatest sketch that snl has ever done mm-hmm. was the iceberg with uh bow 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 and yang the that was the best sketch the, they, it was like toted as like this is epic oh i well you can't so like but no that's what when we're, no, when no, we're no, talking I'm about with you i'm when with we're you talking about the well, difference that has in more to do humor. with like that has way more to do with um, representation. Yeah, it has also way more to do with like press. The press now, most press, most critics, their first priority is to not seem racist. That's their first priority. Yeah, they don't want to get canceled, so they so they go. I I almost exclusively have to cover people of color, right? And yeah, yeah, like they don't cover Burr. They don't cover Sebastian. Well, they do, but it's not good. Right. They don't cover Sebastian. They don't cover, like, they'd rather cover somebody who's got... Yeah, they don't cover Sebastian. Unless he's getting canceled for the fucking MTV thing. Right. So, like, they won't cover... It's not about what we would consider quality. It's about, like, quality. It's, like, Sebastian seems low like he's shittier or it's like he's two of the people and it's, it has to be more exclusive for press to like it because it isn't has to that the difference when we talk about stat like like the difference in our senses of humor is like there are certain things that just don't like i like bow and yang 
Am I saying his name right? right? It's Bowen. But yeah, Bowen but Yang. I don't, I, Bowen Yang, I don't, I'm not writing for every single person on Saturday Night Live. I'm just saying as a show, I yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it too. It just seems like you're right. What I, what I don't enjoy in comedy is the thing that they're like, you've got to see this. And then you see it and you're like, and then you go, am I missing am I something? Out of my mind? Am I, am I missing something on this? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and not, and I don't, and I'm, I'm like, I'm probably the most, uh, I love, there's things I, that people go, you wouldn't like that. Like, I think the past five years, the women have been, which I don't think anyone would look at me and go, oh, you like women comedy? Mm-hmm. Like, I, the women have been the fucking funniest thing about that show. Oh, that's I mean, Kate McKinnon is. Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon is when one of the Dave hosted, Dave hosted, and I wrote that week, Kate McKinnon did like the best performance I've ever seen She's amazing. of anything on a sketch that got cut. Like, yeah. I'll never forget how good she was at read-through. Like, yeah. an amazing performer. Like, She's incredible. Ama- like, better than sh- you you even think she is. Yeah. Like, crazy good. Aidy Bryant has an ability to translate uh, translate vulnerability and comedy in her face that I've, ne- that I've never seen. I haven't seen it since, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do examples. To, 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 yeah, but, yeah. but she has an ability to translate empathy and like yeah. i mean it's just, it's just yes. fucking so talented yes and so it's like it's, i'm not being a meathead about this and you by the way you i it's like i i'm with I, we feel the same way about yeah. this i don't when you say like that seems my that's more like the critical sense of humor the critic sense of humor where uh like i love bo burnham special i loved it but it was i liked i liked because it, it was a good idea and it was fucking funny it had yeah. fucking good jokes like yeah. i love bo and stylish and all that stuff by and, the way i liked nanette so did I. And people like and and I was like, once again, Nanette, one of my favorite jokes. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, I knew more facts about unicorns than I did lesbians, and everyone laughs. And she goes, "Unicorns aren't real. <laughs> There's no facts about them." It's like such a great fucking joke. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, there are parts of it where I go, "Okay." Well, yeah. Again, it's not the comedy part. It's just it because. So then, as a, if you're a critic, your first priority is like, well, I don't want to seem like I'm for. Ra- so I have to prom- I have to get yeah. behind this. If I don't yeah. get behind this, I'm or if I don't get behind this um uh gay comic, I'm homophobic. Or if I don't get behind this transphobic, I'm I'm transphobic. Like all these things that as guys from clubs, it's like, can they kill? Then that's kind of the only it's the only thing I care about. That's been my litmus my entire career is I and I have no there are people that I did not think that was gonna make me laugh that made me cry I'm, yeah and you're like i did not see that coming i i consistently think of this one dude and I, I won't say anything too much but i think he's autistic and I, I met him at the bar at the improv and i was like i immediately did not like him as a human being and he, i was like wow I, this guy's you know i didn't Tom realize Segura. go ahead <laughs> i didn't realize he was autistic at the time and then i watched him on stage and i was like oh my god he might be one of the most brilliant human beings i've ever seen do comedy right so much so neil i when i went up i had to go up after him and i couldn't stop talking about him on stage i i couldn't shake him out of the room yeah he was so fucking good and so like it has nothing to do with anything preset there are people i didn't like that you can't stop and help a laugh at but and I, there I are like, some people that people would think we love that we don't really like that, that i much. roll my fucking eyes at and, and i'm I like yeah yeah, just doesn't do it for me. Maybe but, the first special, I was like, "Cool," and then right. they do it again, and I went, "Okay." Uh-huh. And then they keep doing the same thing, and you're like, "I'm done." Yeah. And so, 
Um, let's go back to status and culture because one of the things I do find interesting is that since we're talking about wealth, there is a, I remember getting a text from someone uh, that was like, yo man, uh, you, you can't put private jets on Instagram. Uh, it's, it's obnoxious. And I was like, okay. And, and by the way, I was only doing it back and forth with Joe Coy. Right. And then I was like, I don't find it obnoxious when Joe does it. And they were like, yeah, he's Filipino. You're not. Yeah. And I went, oh. And then I was like, there is this culturally. Well, you, you said something. To, I don't know if this is what you're talking about. Culturally, there is this. If you see a person of color rise up, everyone celebrates their wealth. Yeah. And, and whereas when you're white, you make money. Everyone's like, uh. Because if you grew up Filipino or black or Latino or whatever, like any, any non-white thing, it's everyone's proud of you for overcoming that. Yeah. Uh, and if you grow up white, you, it's like, it's just more of the, it just feels like, uh, I would say because you look working class, you have a working class body and you've, you've, I've working class teeth. You have working class teeth and work. Um, you will. <laughs> That's really fucking funny. <laughs> uh, you have a working class body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's. I would argue that you're more root. I root almost root for you. You're you'd seem blue collar. So it's like I don't. I wouldn't mind. All those blue collar comedy tour shows were private. They were private jet shows. Oh, Ron White owned his own jet. Yeah, he had a pirate's flag. Uh, painted on the bottom so people could see it from underneath when he flew there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's just a matter of if it seems like you overcame something, then people are proud of you. If it yeah. seems, if Kroll flew in a private jet, I it would be doesn't. like. I bet he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure he has. I, he has I don't think I bet, he does. I bet when he goes to a gig, he just goes to an airport. Well, I don't think he does the size venues that you do. So it's like he doesn't. So it does, he's like would lose money. But yeah. But you're right. If certain people. It looks more fun. People always resented me because they were like, you're like, when I started doing stand-up, it was after spell show, so they were like, fucking rich. It was like, first of all, I got it from comedy. Yeah. And that's A. Yeah. And and shit, you, I only got it because you bought the DVD. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't. Did you make a lot of money on Chappelle? Not as much as you would think. Like, give me a ballpark. No. Give me a ballpark. Wrigley Field. <laughs> Okay, because I remember Chappelle got the $25 million deal. That was, was like... It was technically 50. Was it 50? It was advertised as 50. And I remember I remember hearing people going... I remember hearing comics in the club going, fuck that, where's my 50? Right. And I was like... And I remember going, it's a little different. Like It there's, was because we made money that they couldn't hide. Yeah. That's it. We made... The DVD sold so many copies... That they, if you go, wait, that times fifteen dollars a pop, yeah, is, I don't, I mean, now I don't know how many it ended up selling, seven million or something. So you just end up going like, wait a minute, that's what? So they could, and our contracts were up, so it wasn't like it was great timing. It was perfect timing. So it wasn't, but the first season, yeah, the second, like it was not. We made like cable money. Yeah, what was your first? What was? Tell me how much you made your first season. Like, I made a hundred grand. Your first season, yeah, it's pretty good money. Yeah, but yeah. like it was. I for, made, I was making seven thousand dollars an episode on Travel Channel. Seven thousand an episode. Yeah. How many did you do? We do roughly twenty six a year. 
That's good money. Oh, so my deal, my deal, my first deal at Travel Channel was uh, $400,000 for two years. And I was, and, but so it was weird because it was seven, broken down to $7,000 an episode. So they had to work that off of that deal. So in a weird way, it's like, imagine if I said, Hey man, here's, here's a hundred bucks, but just so you know, uh, you have to earn, you have to wash windows. Yeah. Every time, every time I need you to wash the windows and then you're only making five bucks a window. So just, and then, and then I said, just so you know, if you wash 20 windows, every window you get after that, I'll give you 10 bucks. Yeah, and so like, then all of a sudden you're like, "Well, fucking put me on the road." And right. So you'd go on the road and you'd work off your money quickly, but then you had to. Then you part of you they'd be like, "I get a call and they'd be like, hey man, can you go to Hawaii next week?'" And I'd be like, "Fuck yeah," because I knew that was like fourteen thousand dollars." Yeah. So then you'd. And by the way, I'm sure people travel channel they're all gone now, but they'd be livid if they heard me talking like this. But that was my deal. And then the next deal was a three year deal. Why would they be livid? Because it's more than other people. Way more. Got it. Like I mean, I remember. I remember. A person got hired. I, this is, by the way, this is down the line with Discovery because they would find talent and they'd basically be like, hey, man, we'll give you $1,500 an episode. And that's a lot of money, you know, for $2,000 an episode. But $3,000 an episode, that's a lot of money when you think about it. I had a previous history in television, so I kind of predicated getting paid a little more. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then you got guys like Adam Richmond from Man vs. Food who, you know, his deal ran out and then he got a fucking. Yeah. Like fucking he got lucky. Well, that was we Comedy Central was Dave Not lucky, he's very talented. I didn't mean that he's lucky. Yeah. But uh, yeah. they they were smart or Dave was smart in that because he was like they would run half baked all the time and Dave was always pretty hot. He could say, I'll do the show, but only for two seasons. Cause normally it's like you're picked up for six. Yeah. So he said, I'll do it for two and then our last show was the highest rated one. Was that when was Charlie Murphy? That was the fourth episode of the second season. And that the, was that was that was to date one one of the funniest things, one of the best things I've ever seen on television. Ellen coming out of the closet in the airport is mm-hmm. number one. That's the funniest yeah. thing I've ever seen on television. Um, Great, Simon, that blocking on that with the mic, fucking killer like killer i've stolen that so many times doing radio so how many times. uh you're doing radio and you go all right i'll tell you how much i'm making this weekend but don't tell anyone and lean over to the other guy and say it in the microphone oh that's really yeah, I've, done, I've, I've, right. I've stolen that right. a million times right, 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 right. i'll give you my phone number but i'm gonna say the last four digits right. to her um uh seinfeld's the the bet about jerking you know what's off. funny i've watched maybe four or five episodes of seinfeld in my life Seinfeld. Uh, I see quotes, or I'll see a meme on on Instagram, and be like, "Boy, that's a fucking funny show, right there." Like literally, like oh. everything Costanza says seems funny. Everything Kramer did, everything Kramer did, everything when he drank the beer with the cigarette in his mouth is one. Pull, pull up, pull up. This is the funniest thing. This is one of the most talented, brilliant things I've ever seen on television. Does he say the n word or not? Go he ahead. He does. He does at the beginning and the end. Have you ever seen him kill the beer at the fucking with a cigarette in his mouth? Just watch this. And you're like, he's, by the way, watch, he's puffing the cigarette as he's drinking. Wow. He's puffing the cigarette. I mean, this has got to be a trick he learned somewhere. Yeah. And then. And it was probably in plot also. Yeah. Like they it figured was, out a way to do it. 
It was such a good. good I wish Jerry Seinfeld was more approachable. I, I know he I'm can't lucky be. in that I he'd seen three mics and then I we did a commercial and then I ended up doing um, comedians and cars. So okay, he is yeah. approachable in that he's not approachable. Let's, no, no, let's, I, yeah. I, I, it, I, it's I, I, could, he, I could yeah. talk to him about like I whatever. I don't. Rogan's approachable. Yeah, for sure. Rogan's approachable. You can, yeah. if you see Rogan at a club and you're a yeah. comic, he might say hi to you first. Yeah, and yeah. you'd be like, "What's up, Joe?" Yeah. Hey man, I love the dot dot dot, and he talked yeah. to you. Hey man, yeah, oh, what yeah, do you think yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah. Jerry is not that. Human no, you're man. absolutely right. Like I, I, uh, yeah, like, but I because he's so funny. He was so fucking prolific, so epic, such a part of so much of our lives. You feel like you know him. Same yeah. way podcasting changed the game with like intimacy with yeah. comics. I, I mean, Jerry was one of the first ones where I was like, I know that dude. Yeah, I, and he's a comic, and so like I'm watching it as a comic, and uh, the few interactions I've had with him have been. Uh, is the word Kurt? Yeah. Yeah. Frosty Kurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very nice. Not a dick. Not a dick yeah. at all. But I wish he was like a guy you could like Colin Quinn. Oh. You know? Yeah. Or who, he, who he's very close with. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry directs a lot of Colin. I bet, I bet he and I understand he can't. But I mean, you know, whatever. It's whatever. As a comic, you go. Yeah, you could. You could. Yeah, I know. Yes. I mean, I'm, I've never I've never run into Dave. I, I don't know if he's approachable. I imagine he can't be. Uh, no, Dave's approachable. Okay. Um, but wait, what were we talking about? Okay. The funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, those two go down as like, as things where you're grabbing onto the thing next to you. Uh, two things in, uh, Chappelle show were the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Dave Chappelle as George Bush. Mm -hmm. And when he grabs the, the boom mic. He says yeah. that and we're kill my yeah, father. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And yes. that's the Yes. It's so brilliant. I don't need to tell you why it's brilliant, because you know you but here's an interesting thing. I wasn't that into that sketch going into it. Like I Black was, Bush is the yes, name of it. Black yeah. Bush. So I wasn't that into it in that I I was like, what it, what it what's the premise? What I didn't, un what I underestimated was how fun it is to watch Dave do kind of anything. Yeah. And, but as like a writer, director, whatever the fuck I am, like, I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, it doesn't seem like much of a premise. Once, but once he was like, we're doing it, I was like, okay. And I wrote as many. What I find amazing about that sketch is <laughs> the shit when he's saying, he says, Kofi, because I, I had watched it when I was doing that speech. He says, uh, he's doing a speech and he goes, Kofi Annan, uh, why don't you, you should be in Times Square selling fake hats. <laughs> so fucking racist and hilarious. So He also like did a thing about all the people that were helping. Like Stankonia is sending yeah. planes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stankonia. Somebody said uh, uh, Stankonia is willing to drop bombs over Baghdad. He's just like it seemed like he was. It seemed like it was very he's loose. Channeling it in a way that it was like our last shoot day. We're both so tired. You can't. I'll never be that tired again. Yeah. Like it's like if you were get you were in labor for a year and a half. Yeah. That's what that like. That's how tired. Dazed, and then and you got Donnell next to him going words. Yeah, son? yeah, yeah. 
Yep. It was. Yes. But, but the brill. Can I tell you what I why I loved it? He grabbed the boom mic. Yeah. Like he yes. grabbed the boom mic. Yes. It was like it was the fuck. It man, I. I would, so I used to watch Chappelle show. I just had George Georgia, and I would sit Chris uh, with my leg, I sit yeah. with my leg like this. He grabbed he grabbed our mic. He, he grabbed, grabbed the production mic. mic. Yeah, yes. The production mic. Yes. So he's and so I would put Georgia right here, and I would watch Tough Crowd. Then I watch Chappelle show every day. I get off the road. The day I come home, Monday I'd fly in. Tuesday morning I'd wake up with Georgia, let Leanne sleep, and I'd for my morning I'd, I'd feed her, and then I'd let her take her nap. And I'd watch all of the tough crowds and all the Chappelle shows. It was my favorite moment I can remember as a parent. Well, that, <laughs> that even that thing of that that's the big one. That to me is the clearest part of the premise is the if a black guy said he tried to kill my father. Yeah. That's where it just gets like it it but to board George Bush said it, so you're like, well, yeah, I guess we should invade. Yeah. If a black guy said it, he'd be like, What kind of ghetto ass president? <laughs> but so you just have a guy say it. Uh and it was yeah. so great. But but Charlie Murphy. And Charlie Murphy's got like four in my book. Yeah. But, but Charlie Murphy, when he told that that fucking Rick uh, it was it was like it was so insane the whole thing is so insane because the way it happened was me and charlie were eating just at crew lunch and like he's somebody said something about super freak or rick james charlie goes i had to fight that motherfucker like four times and i was like (laughs) what's that now and then he we were shooting the time haters a sketch we ended up not what like whatever and then i was like "Uh huh and he's like, dude, dude, motherfucker, dude, dude. Tell, and I go, come on, come on. And I literally just walk him over to Dave and I go, say to him what you just said to me. And and he goes, I had to fight Rick James four times. And Dave just looked at me and I'm like, yeah. Right. So how did you guys come up with the, how did you, did, like, how was the, more? I, I, I hate that I, this is like, but it's such, no, it's I mean, it's like top, I, in all honesty, it's got to be top, top hundred things ever, ever done on television. Even sure, I'd say, I'd, I didn't want to go, and go top 10 you know obviously you have crazy- I, I mean again it's all it's all just like taste but, but like, it's like it's insanely it's, funny but so how how was the making of that like what was the making like the of making that? of it there's a well first of all the making of it was like did you shoot like, so no did you so shoot I, dave's stuff and then go it's the, not working the original i had an idea where we would shoot charlie doing his version and then dave plays rick and rick and Dave plays Rick and Charlie plays himself. And then I had another vert. And then I was like, maybe we get a Rick tell his side of it. And Dave plays Rick. Like, I had to like, wait. So then we ended up just doing, I, Bijan Shams, who's a really good friend of mine and edited Chappelle show. And he just edited my new one for Netflix. And, and, uh, Your new special, my new special, yeah. yeah November 8th. Um, uh, neilbrennan.com. Hey, this will come out right. This will come out right then. Oh, great. Yeah, it's coming out whatever November. It's so good so. you did two bears and not birdcast. Oh, fucking thank God. <laughs> I mean, it's like throwing it away. Doing birdcast is just like practice for a better podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, that was the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. No, oh, that's fun. Um, the so I shot Charlie. I filmed Charlie sitting down doing his interview. And Bijan watched it and he was like, he just is low energy. 
Yeah. And he's like, you might want to reshoot it. And I was like, fuck. And I felt embarrassed because it was like the first thing I directed yeah. for the show. Like, And so I was like, I went to Dan. I was like, I think I got to reshoot this Charlie interview. And he's like, really? So I reshot it with him standing up. And that's so much better. So much better. So it's like Bijan tells me I'm embarrassed, but I'm like, he might be right. Go to Dave. Dave's kind of like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And uh, so shot it. And then, and then Rick came in and we did his side of it. And then, then we, then we did the reenactments. I think we might've done the reenactments the day before Rick got there. Dave at one point says it's a celebration. I'd never heard anyone say that before. Charlie then goes, Rick used to say that. Like just weird shit like that where it's just like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, like Dave could just channel shit sometimes. Uh, the funny thing was, so I, we used to edit, I'd have to edit for like two days straight to get, cause we had to, we had these tapings yeah. that were like scheduled audience that's going to be the episode. And then we had to like get it ready. Oh, so for you air. had, to, you had to, your, your production schedule was, uh, shoot, shoot, edit, edit, and then cram it in. And, and then, then... Sh- episode. Oh fuck. And that. then air. And they aired 13 weeks in a row. There was no like three on one off. Yeah. 13 weeks in a row. So once we start, it's, you're just like, it's like the Lucille ball thing where you're just trying to get shit and like eat chocolate. Like, the Lucy conveyor, in the Chocolate Factory is yeah, my favorite. That's my, my favorite belt, analogy of things. Yeah, conveyor belt's going. Yeah. So we the first episode was like of that up that season was like racial drafts, uh, the N word family, and so. But so we had the audience there, and sometimes we'd show sketches that weren't done, and. And uh, I told Dave, I was like, I might be able to do a cut of Rick. Like, I'll do like, I'll do like a quarter of a pass. I'd been up for two days. Yeah. So I look fucking like Wiley Coyote. I look like the, I look like Wiley Coyote with like soot <laughs> explosions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we show a version of Rick James. It does okay, but it's really shaggy. And it's kind of doing okay. And Dave, he this is his favorite story. About me. He looks at me and he's like, "This is uh, this is as good as you could get it." And I go, "Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. That I just stayed up two days straight to try to get this in any kind of the thing that was in that version. Uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. I had it in twice, and it got a big laugh the second time. So I was yeah. like, we should probably do that." That's the best. Four times. Yeah, that's the best cutting back to him again. He's like, yeah. Cocaine so like, it was in twice, but I was like, so that was like in, informative in terms of like, all right, that's a like a refrain and the rewind. They just made it like, all right, we can just fuck with this more. Yeah. Um, And then it, you know what's funny in the Kanye documentary? I don't know if you watched I, it. Of course I watched it. So. And by the way, I could talk about that for fucking five hours. It's like, you ever be in one of those like, uh, things in your life like where it's like uh the uh chuck berry and uh back to the future like it's marvin berry yeah so like this thing this historical thing so kanye's album came out the day before rick james me and dave are in it are in the documentary like yeah. dave's there's a cutaway i'm in one of the backgrounds 
So we're th- at that con at that premiere concert. Kanye had maybe filmed for our show the day before. He's not famous. Yeah, he came. I remember the- it when he did that thing on the boat. I was like, I know who he is, but how the fuck? Like, I was like, God damn it! They have their finger on the pulse of culture. That was just somebody he produced most Def's album and Common's album, and he was there with Common. I discovered. I mean, like, I I I feel really bad saying this. I legit discovered most deaf and Talib Kweli through fucking Chappelle, yeah. Chappelle show. Yeah. I mean, that was their biggest like press thing. That went with that too close. Yeah. yeah. Don't touch me. Yeah, great. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. it, that is, that for me is like, I, I, when I watched those, I would go, that's the thing. Not, not that I'll ever be a rapper or be able to do, but I go, that's the thing I want to do. I yeah. want to make things that feel like that felt. Yeah. That was such a, authentic moment of 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 uh of, of catching lightning in a bottle it, yeah for lack of better barry cat's words but like catching lightning in a bottle where you go and I, I dude no fucking lie i went out and bought a fedora the next day because they both had fedoras on and i was like dude in my head i was like dave Chappelle and i and for lack of better terms at the time knowing how much creativity went into that and how much like how much of that Blue, that blueprint was was a collaboration. Now I think everyone knows that more. Uh, I was like, didn't. <laughs> I don't get. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Go ahead. But uh, I, I was like, that Dave Chappelle has his literally holding the pulse of America, and he's telling it faster or slower because I'm watching. I'm, I'm discovering most Def get his his album came out, and I bought that album. It was a great fucking album. Yeah. Kanye, I see Kanye. I don't even know who fucking Kanye is, and he's rapping on a boat in a fur coat. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, and I go to the store and I see his thing up, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. So I yeah. get college dropout, and I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, like this is 13 excellent songs out of excellent 15. songs out what's, of 15. What's crazy is when you see that documentary and you see him playing it for yeah. people and people not getting it. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow. Like Scarface. I don't know if yeah. Scarface didn't get it. But just, yeah, it was or like, if he ah. was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, Scarface didn't get it. And I love Scarface, but uh, but th- that's this is happening in comedy. Haven't you ever seen somebody been like, eh? And nope. then next, okay, not once, not once. I think what happens it goes back to that thing we were talking about. I think people have bias in the way they perceive things. So I think when 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 Kanye went into that record executive's office, the female, and played the song the one part of the song that's so applied to black women in America culturally about uh, uh, Gucci, yeah, Prada, yeah. whatever. She, I think she was, she, I don't think she has a trained eye to, to look and say, uh, let me hear what you're doing. With, right. With, when it comes to comedy. Apparently the back story on that was like, he would do that all the time. I, I, I was, I was and figuring he, that. And it was just, he just brought a crew that day. Yeah. But he had done it multiple times. It was just aggravating people. Um, but I, I've, I would argue that I have a non-biased eye when I go. When I, by the way, I say it like it's never. But are there aren't there people that get laughs and you're like, I don't think that deserves that big a laugh. But they're doing something to the crowd that isn't uh, on the page, so to speak. Like it's more like I've seen energetic. cheat codes, right? I've it's, seen so like I'll tell you, there are people that people love that i go oh, i get it right but that's what i'm but i've, I've been doing it long enough where yeah, i go yeah. i know the cheat yeah code. i'll tell you what they're doing yeah, yeah. yeah. like I, my favorite one is when you see someone uh someone tell you they're doing crowd work 
Yeah. And they're just asking you the premises to their yeah, jokes. Yeah. 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 I was like, that's like old school. Yeah. That's like how you survive at the Miami improv. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, so funny. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and people are like, dude, he's genius. Have you seen his crowd work? I go, Ian Bag does crowd work. Yes. Ian Bag. Ian Bag's greatest crowd work guy. The greatest of all crowd time. work guy in the fuck. Yes. Ask questions with no direction. Speaking of which, I watched Howie Mandel last night do a show. Uh, uh, Jeff Mike Binder's show? Yes. Did you did he call I, you to I, do it? You couldn't do it? it? Yeah, he called me. Yeah. I did it. Um, How was it? It was not bad. Yeah. I mean, it was like a kind of weird, but Howie did Howie. He did. It was this weird thing where the crowd was super like heckly and it how he did crowd work and he was as good as that fucking HBO special from 1983 sharp as fucking Arsenio shit. told me a story about Howie where Kinnison was afraid to follow him. Kinnison was like, who the fuck is this guy from Canada? Shut who the fuck up. is he? Like, because he couldn't follow him. He would crush that hard. And he was about that good last night where I was like, dude, that shit was excellent. Howie is the quickest fucking brain. Yeah. Um, I cut you off a million times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go back to so the end of tell me the end of how Rick James. Okay, so uh, so you play it in the thing. It gets a shag. It's kind of a shaggy cut. Yeah, it gets a lukewarm reception. Yeah. but the but I'm like, all right, gets, I know yeah. how to. Do, I think I know a way into this. And how important is that when you do those cuts? How important is showing? How important? It, this is a, I think a really good question to anyone who's really into this. Uh -huh. How important is it to? Sh What's the difference when you show it to Dave the first time versus showing it to a stranger for the first time? Uh, it's more important to show it to the stranger in a weird way. I yeah. mean, obviously, like, Dave, we most of the time we wrote it together. That one we didn't really write, so it was just yeah. like, what are you going to use? Um, the it's more i mean obviously he'd be like this we should this the like change this change that but the we would go to caroline's and show them oh. we went to the cellar we went to the cellar and showed racial draft and it kind of ate shit and chappelle was like this isn't really the crowd man it was like twelve thirty at the cellar. really um but uh but yeah we would show that was the like that's the secret sauce of the show was like show it to a crowd before you show it to the crowd yeah, like a te literally a test audience, and that's how you tell. Mike Myers used to edit his movies, Wayne's World, and uh, I think more so Austin Powers, audio with the crowd. Really, if it's bombing, he would just go, just do it to the laughs. If that scene bombs, goodbye. Yeah, would literally. Take the audio from the test screening to the edit. This is how bad I am at giving notes on anything I'm in. When we screened my movie, uh, The Machine Over at Legendary, for yeah. the first time, I sat in the front row and I cried from the beginning of the movie until the end of the movie. <laughs> and the next screening, they asked me not to sit in the front row that I affected everyone. Of course you did. I just sat there sobbing. Did you point? I was mouthing along my, my lines. And I'm a machine. And the and Leanne's like, the next time, Kale and Leanne and everyone was like, Peter was like, hey man, can we put Bert at the back? Yeah. Because he's a really affecting, like the way everyone else is in the movie. They were like, unless we want to travel him theater to theater and have him yeah. cry with his own movie, yeah. you get, we can't have it. But I'm 
I love everything I do. I I cannot. That's really funny. See any note, any cut I get. So I need a stranger to watch it. And if I watch myself in front of a stranger, then I go, "Oh shit, that's not good." Like, but I, if it's just you, if it's just me, it yeah. is fucking gold. Dave's kind of like like he would come. He would have to just not. He would come to the edit, and then be like. He would just watch him. He was like, play it again. <laughs> like, probably like, yeah. And then at one point, it, it was funny because he'd come and it would be like three different hymns yelling from different rooms. Yeah. Like, Tyrone was like, oh. And like, Rick, and he'd just be like, this is fucking insane. Like, I got to get out of here. But like, sometimes he would just watch it. Like, it wasn't, he was like you in that way. But once he saw it cut together, yeah. it was like, and with an audience, it'd be like, yeah. Yeah, once you see it with an audience, you get like when we did screenings, I was like, oh shit, that's not working. Yeah. Like, and I'd be like, I mean, there was there's one thing I did in that movie that I was like, it's brilliant. It's like the best acting I've ever seen in my life. It's the best acting I've ever seen in my life. And I was so and I and I and I was What did the audience think? Uh they didn't catch it. <laughs> It's so good. And I was like, and I just was like, oh, that's like, I, I kept thinking, I, this is so full of fucking ego to say, but I go, that's like a, it's like Will Ferrell level. Like, that's like fucking amazing. And it was, and uh, edit this, no, you can't edit it out. Never mind. I won't, because Nadab will just play it. Right. Uh, but there, I'll tell you after the thing what I did. And it, it it's not on paper or in scene. Isn't that funny? But I'm so proud that I did it because I could see that. That was me being in the moment. Right. And so I was like, oh, and but I was like, they're going to love this. But no audience, they don't give a fuck if you're in the it's moment. It's flying or, past yeah, them. It's, it's really, and then like I'd, you could watch people go, hey, what, what? And I'd be like, don't talk. You're talking yeah. in the oh, movie. That you're missing be, everything. That, yeah. Um. So wait, the end of Rick James. I have a question Shoot. about, well, I what do you do with stand-up editing? Uh, so a great question. Uh, number one, I have to feel it on stage. It has to feel on stage. Um, I edit. I, I record every episode, every every set, and then I'll go through and I'll. I I I really only record to know when I can move more, when my movements, and I can uh, like uh, I can turn like like I the, if the movements are selling things a little better, I go. Oh, I I need to move a little bit more because uh, I can't feel that on stage. I never feel those on stage. Um, when I watch video, for the most part, I, I look for my lazy writing. And so, like, I have a lot Okay, of, well, what do you do when you're editing a special? Uh, Leanne does it. And you just, I, do you I, watch it? I go in with two bottles of wine, and we have a great guy that edits all my specials, and we, uh, Leanne comes in, Leanne's a brutal fucking cunt. I mean, she is, she is so fucking, and she's so, like, she believes in 100% honesty all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she'll be like, well, th this is stupid. This is, why did you say Cleveland? No one wants to know what the fuck you're taking. Just, just, can we edit all this shit does out? Does she come to many of your shows? No. Okay. And she, when she does, she's, she's never been good. She's, she's, uh, she came in. I saw you when I saw you at the store last month, she was there. Yeah. And she, she likes those. So she likes watching me on stage when I fuck around and I'm, I'm in the right. moment. Uh, when she watches that Rambo story is fucking really funny. Are for you real? doing that? No, I'm fucking no. I'm putting that down. Done. That shit's funny, dude. 
Um, so uh, she, your line, I told you, your line's killing. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, the so she goes through, and once I can get my the hardest part of a special, the place. And by the way, I am a little bit of a snob when it comes to specials. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I watch them all, mm -hmm. and I, I'm I'm very open minded. Mm -hmm. Ali Wong special changed my life. The last, the most recent one she did, because I went, what the fuck am I doing? This is real inside baseball. But I go, what the fuck am I spending uh, eighty grand on a set design for when it's all in this fucking right here? And Bo Burnham said the greatest thing about that, which is like he goes, you know what production design on a stand up special comes down to. Your shirt, or not? That's eighty yeah, percent yeah. of your of your production design. Yeah, because you're he. It's I'm like there was a uh, the the I worked on Ellen's last special and um and I was making fun of the director uh, Joel Gallon, who's a I know really Joel. good director. Um, he kept cutting to her, the reverse to show, which is like just directors do that to show the theater and all yeah. this shit. You know? And I was being an asshole on an email and I go, guys, I saw Joel at a party over the weekend and someone was telling a really funny story and Joel got behind them and bent down. <laughs> said this is the best place to hear this story from. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's fucking it's, it's, it's right where there. do you want to hear a story? You and I gotta be honest with you, Ali Wong, Ali Wong's special, her latest special, she has the great greatest uh, the backdrop is is very conducive to focusing on her. Yeah. And I went, oh, so when you design a set, I need to make sure that whatever's in the background isn't distracting enough that you don't see me. Like, I, and and then I thought, so really, honestly, when you design a set, and hers was an orange layered background, I think. Um, when you design a set design, like we're doing for the next one, I'll show you my, I'll, I'd love to. My is, my new one is the one that's coming out November 8th. Is yeah, that orange. I love that orange. Yeah, and you have black lines in it. And it really pulled me into Ali. And I went, yeah. and, I, and I know, I know she had an input and everyone has an input yeah. in what their set looks like. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know how we got it. Oh, so, so. That's the, Bill Cosby himself backdrop, by the way. Is it really? That orange. Or is Bill Cosby's got, it's the best low angle. It's, I think it's Bill Cosby himself. If you look it up. Um, the backdrop is, it's like reddish orange. It's fucking excellent. The, the most, most comics. Yes. Lose people. Oh, That's shit. a fucking background right there. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Just all red. Yeah. Burt Kreischer himself. Yeah. Burt Kreischer, they self. Yep. Yes. Better. <laughs> You're going to get the critics. You heard what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th that first five minutes is where that first five minutes is where you make it or break in a special, in my opinion. And and that is always where I have the hardest time watching myself. That first five minutes, that first seven. Because it's an awkward point. My By the way, I want to say my backdrop is, I literally, it's part of the show. Like I'm moving yeah. these blocks around or yeah. whatever. Um, I, but it's, I, I don't think anyone expects anything less of you doing something a little different than everyone yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Th yes. Um, so... Uh, but it's awkward because it's like you need to get the live people. You got to get the crowd and you have to get the people at home. Yeah. And it's like it's a bit of like the first part of fucking. Yeah. Where you're like, uh, uh, like you're figuring it out. And like, yeah, you got to get it in. It. There's a lip over the side. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Labia. Everywhere. Yeah. Vulva. Vulva. Uh, so fault. but so that's my hardest part. What Leanne's really great at because I'll watch it. They send us a cut. He does a, a like a line cut, and then sends it to us. We watch it, 
and I cannot physically sit through the first five minutes of a special of my specials. And Leanne, it just goes, oh, it starts there. Right. And then you go, huh? And she's like, just, it starts right there. Just do yeah. that. And then you do that. And then all of a sudden, for me, once I get into it, I, it's, and once it's, you know, obviously it's me watching me, but I end up mouthing my special with myself. And if I can mouth along with it and nothing distracts me, then I'm good. And so for the most part, but Leanne's really good at like, uh, for the last one, I have this bit about my dog for the, uh, Hey big boy, I have a bit about my do our dogs. And for some reason we shot four shows. First show bombed, bombed. <laughs> Second show, really good, really good set, but I had mustard all over my <laughs> I was like, what oh, the Oh, dude, fuck? I'm doing something. Uh, finish, sorry. Third show, uh, third show, uh, killed, fourth show murdered. So they take the fourth show. But the fourth show, I, I towards the end, I am having so much fun, I get a little loosey-goosey. Sure. And Leanne's like, Leanne, and I, by the way, I wouldn't have noticed it, but Leanne just in the middle of the thing goes, boring. And I'm like, what? And she goes, this is taking too long. Like, just do we have a shorter version of this? And I was like, babe, it's the bit. And she goes, nope. She's really, I mean, aggressively good at notes. Great. And so she pulls a bit from the mustard stained pants. And you don't notice the mustard in the pants yeah. if you're doing one bit. If you watch right. the special, you, you're And like, also if you just stay. Yeah. Stay up, up there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we do it and it's a minute 30 shorter. A minute 30. Now granted, all my stories are a little long. but uh, and so, And I was like, holy shit. I was blown away. And I was like, you noticed that. She's really good at that. And then I have a hard time watching myself because I'm like, why are you so dour looking? <laughs> I literally like the, I watched the first cut of this one. I was like, we have to, I was like, like inconsolable. Cause I was like, anytime I smile, cut to a close up. Just <laughs> we're going in, get a smile from this fucking dour ass motherfucker. <laughs> And uh, and I got a little mad at the, my director Derek. I I directed this special for somebody, and they go, they couldn't, they'd never watched themselves for that long, and they and they go, don't cut to the right side of my face. They were because they, it's very hard to watch yourself. Oh yeah, it's the like, things you see are like like I look at my specials, and if they do a shot like a side shot, all I see is that all my beard hairs stick out. And I go, yeah. I go, why wouldn't I take care of that? Because yeah, no one cares. Like, I've never yeah. thought about your beard once. Ever. Yeah. Ever. I, I remember Netflix did a billboard of my stomach. Mm -hmm. and, and they sent it. And they sent it. And I actually thought they photoshopped someone's stomach on it. And I was like, that's not what I look like. No. Yeah, the where's end, the real billboard? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, where did you, who is that? And they're like, is you. Is you have the picture? <laughs> It's, 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 it was like, it was when, it was the moment where I realized, let, no, I've had this, it's one of the mo moments where I realized, let the people that do the things they do for a living, do them for a living. Yeah. This billboard, that billboard was so fucking great. That's and interesting, because I would actually think that that's not your stomach either. It, thank you. It's definitely my stomach. Were you sticking it out? No, I was talking in the special. <laughs> That looks bigger than I would think. I I could and by the by way By the way, the guy none of these these close uh, these mediums look like that stomach. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with you on this. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's uh but 
Did yeah. you? Did, so, so the, so, all right, this is what I want to tell you. So, you know how when you, I forgot to say a line during the show. Yeah. And so we do you this thing called ADR where you just record like, uh, and then I went back there or whatever. Yeah. You just like take the line. My line never was. never thought about ADRing my, I've never ADR'd a special. I and take I've, you one, one step closer, okay. one step further. So my line is, some of us have felt that way our entire lives, right? That's the line. I record it. Post-production supervisor, Aaron Champion, the great Aaron Champion says, uh, you know, we could deep fake this. I was like, what's that now? He goes, we can deep fake it. I've got three deep fakes of myself in the special. And yeah. Netflix is like, wait, what? And we're like, yeah, we're just going to deep fake it. It's my likeness. I said it. I can show you the second. It's not finished. I'm dying. But, by the, wait, dude, by the way, it's... How far are we from people deep faking their specials? And You and could make a out... new Rodney special today. Do you follow me? Like, I, because 100%. Rodney's jokes are, they're not topical. You could so if make you it. wrote an hour of Rodney jokes, I was thinking like you wouldn't want to do prior because it was so like autobiographical and yeah. current. But you could do Rodney. You could do somebody like Rodney. Gilbert Godfrey. Yep. You could do so many. They say they were saying Bruce Willis sold his likeness yeah. to a deep Last fake week, company. Yes. Um. This is going to fucking... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's not even the good version yet. So, yeah, I, as Holy I was doing this, I was like, I don't even know. Shit. Yeah. You could... We technically never have to do another special. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if... Because it's going to get cheaper... Okay, then, okay, soft pitch. Yeah. What if me, you, Jesselnick, and Tom decide to create a comedian? Mm-hmm. We'll write all his material. Mm-hmm. We'll have an amazing voice actor do it. Mm-hmm. And we deep fake his face. And, and we just, we put out specials every six months. Just, hey, yeah, this is the new one. Here's the script. Yeah. It's like the, the band Gorillaz. Yeah, you could one million percent do that. It needs to. The technology needs to get cheaper because it's still pretty expensive. It's like not like insane, but it's like you know, it's probably I'm gonna guess like at this point around a thousand bucks a second. Mm. What did you see the Brian Monarch video of Eddie doing prior? No. Dude, it's bring it up. It's uh look up. It's on Instagram, but uh, just if you go to Brian Monarch, it's Eddie doing the bit about. Um, there's going to be a moment where you have to hold up a newspaper as you do stand up. I, I, it's there's no way to get around it because you could say that's deep faked. Keep scrolling, you'll see Eddie Murphy bottom right there, right side. Here, do I have this to put is, headsets on? All right. Yo, Richard, Bill Cosby just called me up and told me I was too dirty. And Richard said, the next time motherfucker called, tell him I said, suck my dick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't give a fuck. 
Whatever the fuck make the people laugh, say that shit. I said, do the people laugh when you say what you say? I said, yes. He said, do you get paid? I said, oh yes. God. He said, well, tell Bill. I said, have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Good. Oh, my Matt God. And, Matt and Trey own a company, a deepfake company. Well, they were making a Trump deepfake <laughs> Holy um, shit. It's crazy. Is, is Brian, Mark do, Brian Monarch doing these by himself? I think he is. I think he just learned the technology and, and did it. Because he's done them and he sends them to me and I always go, oh, this is amazing, man. Thanks. Thinking he found them. No, I think he makes them. Oh, my, that changes the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I've got, I'm deep faking myself. Because I just was like, that line should be on screen. But it's it just makes you go, that's. Well, Tom deep faked me in the in the dance video at the end. Oh, right. He yeah. took my face and put it on a, a, a much skinnier guy. <laughs> right, yeah, but it's that is mind boggling, and it turns it takes a guy who can do impressions. If you're doing impressions, yeah. But I, it's not. It it almost makes the impression worse in a weird way. Like that, I'd rather see just Eddie. The thing about stand-up is part of it is you imagine it. Yeah. It's like you let them do the CGI. Yeah. And it's more amazing if you're doing it the full time. The weird thing now is I'm like, are you a deep fake? Like that's, it doesn't take long. Once you go Tom deep fake me and I go, wait, am I Tom? Like very quickly, <laughs> people oh are going to be nostalgic. I had this thought the other day. People are going to be nostalgic for reality. Yeah. Like, man, it was just, we were just there and we just walk and it was me and him and we'd walk and we shook hands and it felt like something. And cause the thing you realize about like VR and zoom and all that stuff, somebody was telling me they have a kid. He's like the amount of behavioral issues there are for like six and seven year olds. Now they think, so he's like, my daughter went to school for two years. Her first two years of school were on zoom. Yeah. They started school this year in person, and she doesn't understand that this is reality and that Zoom is fake. Oh, my God. And you're like, what? But I know he's right. Like, I don't think the yeah. daughter's an anomaly. I think it's like, yeah, that makes sense, and I don't know. What uh, that like, does to the formative brain. Yeah. Because my nephew has only lived in uh in in he's he well he was he was actually didn't start school but he only knows what it's like to live with his parents and so right. sometimes he can have behavioral issues yeah because they're not used to dealing they don't they're the kids aren't going to negotiate they're just going to hit you or scream yeah. or bite you or whatever and his sister was born at towards the end of the pandemic and now is going to school right away when he could wasn't allowed to go and it's fucking that is insane. I stopped. This is this. I mean, this is the smallest version. But I, st I, I wore for the longest time. I wore um, the Phoenix Sapphire Six. It was. It was a. It's a runner's watch, mm -hmm. and I wore it because uh, it kept my heart rate. It kept my yeah. all the stuff. And and I also would wear a Whoop. But I I like to see what I was doing when I'm running. It would alert me when I got a text. It would alert me. You know, if I'd get it, I'd get messages. Someone came in the house, I'd get a thing. Oh, okay. So if I'm laying in bed and someone walks into the house, the Nest Cam will come up and it tells me. And then, and then I 
bought this watch and I, and I realized how detached I got to be and how my brain wasn't thinking about all that shit. And I was like, fuck like that. It, it forces you, you get an Apple watch. Have you ever been talking to someone and they're just like this? Or you're like, are you late for something? Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm getting texts. Yeah. And you're like, and being in the present moment, I think there will be a time where very soon where people get nostalgic for like analog life. Uh, there will be like analog like parks or like resorts or a resort like with lock no your phone? phone up for real. I think yeah. I think it will be va- they're kind of are now, but I think they're people always say when you go to shit, do you lock phones up? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, but my like, material's not that good. Yeah. Uh, well, I so so were a lot of people who locked the phones up. That's uh, not gonna. It does not directly commensurate with how good the material is. Uh, but people say when they go to like Dave shows or Melania or whoever, like big phone logger, they go. It's more fun because I don't. It's like I don't want to have to worry about it. It's a. It's these phones are great and and amazing. But at the same time, it's nice to not have. To, it's been nice to not really think about my phone talking to you. That's what's funny yeah. is people. I had I was joking with somebody. I was like, the only relationships I can manage anymore are on podcasts. It's I can't friendships and I, hurt feelings and da, 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 podcasts. This is perfect. I had I had uh, I haven't talked to Moshe Casher in probably. I'm not even joking. Uh. I'm, I'm probably six years. Uh-huh. I just like yeah. hung out with him yeah. or done anything with him or even texted with him. And he came on and did a something's burning with Kurt Braunholer, who once again, I haven't talked to in probably six years. And we had so much fun. Yeah. We laughed so hard. And then I haven't talked to him since. Yep. And then this morning I was like, I, I texted him. I was like, Hey man, I had a great time with you. Like, and then I was like, what am I going to, and then what are, should we hang? Like, I'll just, and then I was like, do you want to like, do you, you want to do another podcast it? or something? <laughs> we should probably monetize it. Yeah, I remember Joe saying that to me one time. I was like, what are you doing? I, like, so I'm in, I go, we should do something. You want to hang out? And he goes, want to do the podcast? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, I mean, why not? Right. Let's, if we're going to talk, we should record it. And I was like, oh yeah, a good call. He's like, tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And we hung out, got high, got drunk, did a podcast. And I was like, that was a fucking blast. Yeah. As I mean, it just is, getting high and getting drunk for Yeah. No, there's like, there's value to it. The, the thing, you know, because the guy I was talking to about his kid was talking about uh, porn. But I would argue, okay, so you and I started having sex before, like, before the internet, for sure. If this is taken out of context, it sounds like No, we, you and I were having sex. I hope it is taken out of context. Um, yes, yes, And yes. then the, once the internet started, we stopped talking about I started having sex before, uh, before, around the time of car phones. Like when a phone 91. went into, an actual phone went, no, not, uh, 80, I was 17, so 80, 89. I started in 91. Okay. And, but I don't, did you, I mean, I guess we're not the right, but did porn have an effect on how you had sex? So I had seen uh, tape porn Mm -hmm. and I would do, so there were three moves I knew. I knew you could do uh, uh, missionary doggy style and, and shit then, on her chest and you, <laughs> those are the three moves that's all you know and then and then uh and then blow job and going down yeah, yeah those are the moves I, uh, that was by three the way moves. you can learn nothing from uh going down on a woman looks like nothing 
on video. Yeah, they, they you can't. It's unfilmable. Yeah, you should. They should. You should be able to click subtitles and it tell you what he's doing. Yeah, right. So right. that you could go click click, and then he's like, "Oh, it's gentle circles, gentle circles." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard flicker. Right, it's hard a right, hard right, hard right. So I definitely. Those are my three moves. Those are my three moves for a very long time. And then I dated a girl when uh, in my senior year of college, where. Someone must have watched porn with her because she was very fucking advanced. Yeah, like I mean, the first time we had sex, she was like, "Do you want to come on my face?" And I was like, "Can you do that?" And I was like, "Well, now I do." I, I mean, I never, I never even yeah, thought of that. I don't want to. Yeah, I, don't I, don't want to. Pitch it. I never even. <laughs> well, I guess. Thought every, of it. I guess that's what everyone does when they're here. <laughs> oh, I guess. <laughs> and so, and then by the next chick I had, by the time I got to my wife, because I haven't been with a lot of women, by the time I got to my wife, I was like, oh. I've been doing research. And so I yes, I would argue that a certain amount of it is training. Yeah. Like it's just uh, yeah. in terms of like there's that you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. I remember seeing I remember and I missed this. I remember seeing a new move on porn and it would be like the flutter of a heart like a first kiss where you were like you were like, "Whoa, what are they doing? Whoa, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that?" Like I remember watching I remember uh, this. It's like woman. your moment in the machine movie where yeah. like it's really something happened. If I was in a porn, I mean, if I videotaped myself, I almost took a picture <laughs> of my wife naked in the salon last night. The uh, I love it. The I, but I remember, I remember moving to New York and buying a porn, putting it in and seeing a move where I went, whoo, okay, I'm jacking off to that. Like that turned me on. And I, and, and I haven't gotten that feeling. I think I've always been searching for that feeling. But when it comes to watching porn, you get so inundated with so much stuff that you're like, they're like, I, I don't, the next time it happened again for me, uh, this woman, Mistress Isabella, gave me like bondage porn. And I'd never seen any of that. And I was like, whoa. And that was probably 99, 2000. And by the time I started having sex with Leanne, I was like, all right. I, like when I started, I was like, I got nine moves I got to try. I had a joke in my special. The first time I saw Reverse Cowgirl, I was like, I'm trying that with her. And she was such a regular person. She's like, wait, I'm just supposed to look at your feet? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I like, like that you gave her a southern accent. That she's a redneck. Wait a minute. How? Well, hold me, on. Wait, wait, wait. What now? What now? Do what? You want me to look at the wall? Well, now she's black. <laughs> shit, <laughs> motherfucker! God damn it! Uh, that is. But I would argue, like, porn been interesting for women because you probably haven't. I've seen. I've slept with women before porn and after porn. Yeah. And the stuff they want is significantly more there's another good book that i read called everyone lies uh where it just went over the porn searches and it's fucking fascinating what percentage of men do you think search for violent sex versus or rough sex versus what percentage of women search for rough sex oh i would guess way more men i would say 50 percent of men and i'm ju- i'm just guessing that mm-hmm. based on statistics i've heard being an ally um 50 of men versus i would say 15 percent of women four percent men what 25 percent women shut up that's what i quit i was like it's like a staggering thing we're like wait a minute what women did i because women never saw porn before no so I didn't they know they like, even watched it. Yeah. So then it was like, oh, I want to get choked a little. Uh, yeah, it looked like it looked cool. 
I had a buddy. I had a buddy when we moved out. We we're so bumpkins from Tallahassee. When we moved out to L.A. together, he was with a chick, and she said, "I want you to choke me," and he goes, "Nah." She was like, "No, that's what I'm into," and he goes, eh, "I'm not falling for that. I'm out." And he stopped hooking up with her. A buddy of mine, professional athlete, you know, fucking, and the girl was like, "Choke me," and he was like, "So he choked her, and he just went like." Like a little bit with. Well, that's how you on. choke them. I thought no, it was like this. No, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, a yeah. fucking, if all you do is exercise all day, yeah. and you're fucking over six six, and Blake Griffin has big hands. <laughs> it wasn't him. That's a good. That's a legitimately good guy. That's, that, that's yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he'll, he'll murder. Like he can just fucking toss you through a plate glass window. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but uh, but yeah, like men. So the the rough sex thing is their women are sponsoring that. Cause I yeah. don't, but that's the thing. Guys are not like I don't go into it wanting to choke. I don't go like I'm yeah. gonna choke. Some I, guys do, and I I think, I think it's small, but it's smaller than you think. Because if yeah. they're searching for it at, anonymously, it's four percent of guys are into it. That's fucking insane to me. Yeah. That can you do? Do you have a racial preference? Like like if you see white. like white. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but like, like I can't. This and maybe this sounds horrible, but I'm not. I can't watch a black dude fuck a a white chick in porn because then I start going like. Jermaine Fowler had the best joke about this, which is like, it'll be it'll be like a uh, white woman, white man, like babysitter, yeah, whatever. I and need to with, fantasize myself as with, the guy with black guys. It's a black man versus white woman. He's like versus. <laughs> Why is everything so like, ugh? Uh, I don't, yeah, no, you're right. It's like, who do you, because by the way, if we're talking about, there's something in, incredibly gay of wanting the guy to come as a straight guy. Yeah. Like, I want to watch a, another straight well, guy Well, there's a lot come. of gay, there's a, like, I, I would argue even watching blowjob videos, like a girl sucking a guy's dick is pretty gay because like, <laughs> like, you're just going like, Oh yeah, I hope he's liking that. Yeah, like I hope that boy likes that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched I watched one blowjob video. I watched Savannah Sampson one night in Paris or whatever with Savannah Sampson, and her blowjob scene was so aggressive with Rocco Savretti's that I was swallowing. <laughs> that I was like going, "We oh gotta clean God. our mouths up, Savannah." Uh, Jesus Christ! Have you ever seen that? Uh, it's aggressive. You would remember Rocco is all aggressive. Rocco's fucking. Yeah, I can't watch his stuff. It's like it's more like X game shit. Yeah, it's like what? Well, that's one of the things when girls want rough sex. It's like, all right, it, you know how much fucking work this is for me. <laughs> I've been doing a joke recently about like girls don't understand when guys don't want to have sex, and it's like because I don't want to do a planks class at one thirty in the morning. Like you guys get to just float on a pool. Yeah. Whereas we're digging a pool. <laughs> The difference in fucking the amount of shit we have to uh, yeah. is uh, staggering. Um, how long have we been going, Holston? All right, well, they're gonna Nadav's gonna kill me. We should have done two episodes. Jesus. Uh, let's see if I if I left anything off. Trevor Noah, most beautiful man in comedy, bigger than Kevin Hart. We never really talked about death, but I'm glad. David Chang, uh, so you're gonna be on an episode of Something's Burning. Motivational. Mm -hmm. God damn it. I'll bring that up when we do something's burning. Great. Um, What's motivational? It's uh, 
I'm, I have a take on motivational speakers versus autobi- autobiographical books. Meaning if you read a book about a guy's, a, a person's struggle and overcoming their struggle, it's more direct than a guy's seven healthy tips to living oh. out. I agree with you a million percent. And so I think so, so that so then this begs the question where as you look at these guys who are killing it in the motivational space like like I'll put Rogan cuz he's a friend but like Rogan and, and his, the guys that come on that are like here's how you got to change that your life. military guy Jocko Wilnick uh yeah there's David uh, Goggins David Goggins yeah. like like Jocko is a great guy so like this this is my thought today I'm, I was toying around I was I think you're smarter than me so I thought I'd go throw it your way and see what you came back with um is Jocko's thing is once that alarm wakes rings, you get out of bed. Four and thirty in the morning, you get out of the bed, and you go to the gym. These are victories. I, more importantly, I want to know their motivation of what happened to you as a kid, where you get out of bed, so that I can find the thing that happened to me, so I can access that emotion to get me out of bed. Because whatever, I'm not accessing the right thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. I was. I had. I was thinking about in this area yesterday. I was watching somebody you ever be watching like sport you'll find yourself tearing up oh yeah and you're like what about this is making me tear up yes that's the thing i'm talking about uh, what when uh, when like they- how do you see your like what's the like you literally made an autobiographical movie yes what's the burt movie arc not that, but I'm talking about it's, the whole the Ray ver like the Ray Charles biopic version. What is the what did you who were you at the beginning? Who did you become? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the kid. Uh, Chappelle I, and I once again, it's the things people say sometimes resonate with me, and I never forget them. Chappelle says one time, "Do you remember going to first grade and feeling like all these kids knew each other?" That is me. That I, that when he said that, I went uh, like I. I'm, that's based on a conversation he and I had one time, which is like. I couldn't believe how big their personalities were. I was like, yo, this is crazy yeah. how fucking big in their first personality grade. was. Yeah, like, yeah. this motherfucker's this doing guy's... bits, and I'm just like, <laughs> it was scary as shit. I started crying in first grade. I, started I cried first day. I cried first day so bad, Mrs. Thomas had to sit me at the front in a desk and hold my hand, and I kept looking, trying to tell kids, like, what if our parents don't come back? Like, I was a mess. and But that is... I my arc would be a guy trying to figure out who he is and 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 I think not getting it until is the end of his life. Like I like Well, I, do you feel like you made it late? Oh yeah. And I, I'm so glad. Well, yeah. Because I'm no, I'm so glad because the guy that was supposed to succeed early would have not been a great guy. Yeah. I would have been I would have been every i would have been an egomaniac i would have been i would have been buying nice cars i wouldn't be the guy that doesn't look at his bank account and just goes just put in the work just work hard bust your ass show up eat shit cash checks fucking hey man if they need you here fly back there if you're going to do the special it's your last special you're ever going to do like i i think i would never have i would have been i would have been a hardcore flash in the pan like i would have been yeah because I am so, I, I and I think the older I get, the more I know who I am, the more I, I'm getting to like like myself. I don't think I've ever really, I think I've never really liked the, the guy that shows up at the party and says the things I say, 
Sometimes I get in the car and I'm Scotty J from Boogie Nights. You fucking idiot. You're such a fucking idiot. Why yeah, are you yeah. fucking God damn it? So like I think I think that would be my my arc, I guess. It doesn't sound like an interesting arc. But But the guy what is it? What's the arc? You didn't know who I you think, were? I think it's my whole thing is trying to I feel like I feel like I've always like like just like we talked about like uh Chappelle Rock all these big names I go that I in I know in my heart of hearts they if they saw me in a mall they wouldn't be like oh hey what's up like I just know that I so, I can I bet money the opposite I I can guarantee you I I will find out where Chris Rock is and I will walk past him at a hotel and I doubt I I would put I would put ten thousand dollars down that he doesn't go hey Bert it's Chris. I like, I'm not. I'm well, not saying again, that anything about Chris. But I'm just no, saying no, like I'm not. Th- there's a difference between, hey, Bert, it's Chris. He doesn't really intro himself to people, yeah. but he would oh, absolutely yeah. know who you are. Well, I, let me. Well, to put things in perspective, I still say I'm Bert <laughs> to everyone. Good. <laughs> like I, good I, practice. I, I did it to someone the other day who came backstage. She was like, "I'm Chris," and I went, "I'm Bert." She goes, "Yeah, I know." And I went, "Sorry, that's who I am." I just, you know, I'm not. But I think my journey is. I think my arc is. I don't, I don't know. It sounds crazy, but like I've always felt like an underdog. I've always felt like an outsider. I've never felt like I belonged. Even, even when I belonged the most, like Florida state, it was like the last fucking year. And then I was like, God damn it. Just when I go, I got this place dialed in my freshman year. Didn't know anyone in the relationship. Sophomore year. Didn't drink. Didn't really, by the, by the time junior year, uh, or second junior year, get involved with the Russian mafia, come back, girlfriend cheats on you. I feel like everyone thinks I'm a cuck, right? Like, uh, I never, I, I was the guy to this day. I'm, I was the guy. I remember this so distinctly that would go to the bar and, and I was telling this some the other day and go, uh, I hope I fall in love tonight. Like, <laughs> I mean, what fucking guy in college is like, I hope I meet someone who understands me and gets me. Right. My whole thing has been trying to get people to like me and get me. Yeah. So I think, and I think in that process, you you don't really, when you're that guy, you 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 don't really get to. And if you're that guy and you're honest about it, I think there's a lot of guys that are, aren't honest about it. But I'm very honest to myself about going like, I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to enjoy me. But in that process, you break a lot of eggs making that omelet where you leave a party and your life's like. So you really think you can beat every Asian in a foot race? And you're like, I don't know. I was trying to get them to laugh. Like, what the fuck? Uh, do you do less of that? Now, more, way, way less, way like, less the, So the part of you that, like, desperately will go, like, ah, just blurt some shit out. Uh, or the shit that's embarrassing, you do less because you feel differently about yourself. I don't feel differently about myself. I feel like I'm no, I'm just as bad. Like I, there'll be there'll be someone someone will say something and go. Uh, we'll be at a at the store, and someone will say something, and I'll hear a voice in my head go, "That's that's their story. You don't need to prove this to anyone. Do not tell everyone how much you spent on your car. Do not say the exact price that you spent on your car. Do not." I know exactly what you're talking about. I just got a car, like, and I'll be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then I'll just get in the car and be like, "God damn it!" And then, and then you you punch the number up by five thousand. Anyone can Google that and go, "You definitely didn't spend that on a car." It's like, I like that. Whatever that is, is I I, I wish I could. So get. you haven't. It sounds like you haven't changed. 
You I haven't learned anything. Not at all. Same guy. Same guy. Well, I mean, that's its own arc. That's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny movie, though. Yeah. Like the guy who learns nothing, doesn't change, just got wealthier and more famous. You monetized. <laughs> you monetize how fucking you're pitching a movie that is my life <laughs> yeah you just like learn nothing, nothing. It, like achieved a ton still drinks like a fish still drinks the no no Talks out of his only ass. yes only stops only changes one month a year <laughs> advertises the whole thing monetizes it makes videos about it oh. uh but it there's fucking that's a really funny story i mean that's a funny arc for a story like learn nothing I think those are the characters I loved those, in like movies. Like Arthur is like that. Wait, does Arthur? It's like movies no, where it's Rodney Dumb Dangerfield. Dumber. It's, or, it's Rodney yeah, Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Rodney, Rodney at the end of Caddyshack. It's Rodney at the it's, end of Back It's to Bill Murray and fucking Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's every, I, I think I idolize those characters and I just was like, and subconsciously just became one of them in real life. Yeah. Well, all those, a lot of those movies are fight for your right to party. A lot of those 80s comedies are even uh, uh, old school. It's just we got to it's not we're saving the senior center. Yeah, we're saving the frat so we can part like, yeah, it's like we got to protect our ability to party, um, which That's, is your kind of your thing. I've been throughout my life. I've been every character that you love in Caddyshack. I've yeah. been Bill Murray. Yep. I've been Ty Trainer. Mm -hmm. And now I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Hey, everybody, we're going to get late. Hey. <laughs> and then the TV version is, we're going to take a shower. <laughs> take a shower. Rodney's got the funniest line. There's some Rodney audio on like Apple Music or whatever. Yeah. He has a bit that's like a long <laughs> bit called Southern Comfort. Yeah. About an airline, like a Southern airline. That's it's an airline bit, so it's a little hacky. Fucking funny and good writing. Not no yeah. no respect. But he has a line that fucking makes me laugh where he goes like, Oh man, what a crowd. You know me, I love crowds. <laughs> you love crowds. <laughs> you love crowds. The fuck are you talking about? You know me, you I You know me, love I love crowds. crowds. I've never heard anyone say Ronnie, no one really loves crowds. I sat I sat in my car one time and listened on Sirius XM to his one of his hour specials one of his his, his albums and beginning to end i was crying laughing i was yeah. like so fucking good and even the bad ones have an integrity to them like i know why you thought it was gonna work yeah and i i love you for i like love you yeah i love you more because the joke it's like a didn't quite work or it's like the logic is off and oh. you're just like oh, i don't give a shit the crowd doesn't give a shit it's like everything, more fun everything about that guy the fact that he would do vegas and he'd be in a robe naked in between shows he'd take off all his clothes and just sit in a robe the fact that he you know bob saget had rodney's joint box i wonder what he did with that or i, I guess he oh yeah something nothing <laughs> i think his wife has it now I think Bob's wife. What could he have done with it? So I hope he sold it. He, he told. He showed it to me. He showed it to me on. We did a podcast, Zoom, and he pulled it out and he showed it. Because this is Rodney's gift basket. If I could deep fake anything, I'd have. I'd have someone deep fake Brian Monarch. Can you deep fake Bob Saget? Going Bert, and I want to give this to you. 
And so then I go, you know, he said it in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Le- I think that's legally binding. Legally binding. <laughs> so just he said it. He it's got to be true. Did he say I want to give it to you? No. Oh. He just he just showed it to me. Um, That was a... Uh, so many comics are dying, it's hard to even remember. Oh, so many comics are dying that I got... I started getting inundated with calls. There were every, I got like four calls. Hey, man, we're worried about you. I was like, Norm had cancer. Yeah. It's not like he fucking, I think because it happened so immediate, like no one knew about it, that everyone thought, you know, that, oh shit, it was his life, you know, like something. I, that- I also don't want to jinx you, but most people in Philly are built like you. Yeah. And they don't die young necessarily. Like they, it's, I think, I mean, a, some do. I think but sadly like- my destiny is to outlive everyone I love. And every funeral I go to, people look at me and go, it should have been you. Yeah. And like, you if still I'm gonna, learn, I'm you're like, my... just learn nothing. Just give them the thumbs up. I've learned nothing. Hey, we're all going to get laid. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's Dude, what you're doing. This has been a great podcast. I Thank agree. you for doing it. Yeah. You're special. November 7th. November 8th. November 8th. Called Neil Brennan Blocks. Neil Brennan Blocks. Yes. I can't wait. And then obviously, let's see if we can do something that's burning before that. Yeah, please. To help promote it. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, buddy. Bert and Tom, Tom and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave. No scripts, a bit of booze, amateur partology. Dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave.